Tactical Crouch, episode 180. Back for another one. This is the Summer Showdown preview episode, guys. It's been a good week of uh, thinking about the fact that we won't have hero pools coming into next stage. So I'm quite excited about that already. You guys had a good week? I mean, Preach. Sweeter words could not have been spoken, Mr. Avril. <laughs> Beautiful week. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you could also have good hero pools, you know? Like something no, that you can't. You can't. No, you can. It's impossible. No, 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 no. You can. The hero pools could like come up with the well, Genji Tracer warrior. drive, the drive or something, no. and then in that case, you never get rid of them. <laughs> Actually, just ban all heroes but seven. Seven is fine. Yeah, like you can switch between Ana sure. and Zen. That's fine. Sure. You know? Yeah. Look, if the hero pools removed all the most hated heroes, I think everybody would be okay with them. But uh, whatever. That that's that's like hopeful, wishful mm. thinking. Joe, you mentioned sweet words. Let me give out some sweet words real quick. Give a big shout out to our patrons out there. You guys have brought us episode number 180. I've been here. That's my third episode now. Really incredible. This episode 180 brought to you by Refine Bean, Frodino, Battle Crab, Lotion, Rex Zane, Sir Girthlot, Porkchop Sammy, Cassius67, Chara, Nathan, Your Misery, Fable Steven, Roger B, Chris R34444, Bronzebot Buhau, Hotel Bravo 1 1, Hunter Tain, Yeska's Orpus, Sinted Chow Gel, and Chunk. Let's get into the first part of our preview for, you know, the upcoming uh, stage for the Summer Showdown by actually just going over. We already kind of glossed over Heropulse a little bit. Uh, I think we can all agree that Heropulse being gone is, is going to be pretty refreshing and good. Uh, was Heropulse refreshing coming in to June Joust? I would say in that sense it has been, but. Um, I did not enjoy the meta for June Joust, and I think I've been pretty open about that. Uh, more so on the NA side than the APAC side. APAC still played reasonably mm. fun and interesting metas, but they ended up having to bend the knee, didn't they, to NA to, in terms of Lucha Moria stuff. So I'm glad that's gone, I, or, or at least I expect it to be gone. You guys on the same lines with that? Are we pretty much going back to where things were in May Melee, or what? I would say there isn't too much different. I think that there's definitely some, you know questions regarding the lucio moira and, and seeing if it does hold up um i expect teams like dallas to continue to run it um on maps that they can't run you know it's very similar to the melee discussion right like there are maps where this is going to be the standard for teams that you know have dabbled in and practiced it a lot um and other teams in kind of namely uh, some some slower paced teams that have found uh you know purchase with uh, orissa um We'll probably find a lot of value in, in running these slow kind of bunker comps, you know, leaning a little bit more on their McCree and probably peppering in a Sombra, right? Uh, it seems like from what we've seen in contenders thus far, it's McCree plus something, right? Whether it's Tracer Echo, Sombra, you name it, it's being run. Um, but the the pace is going to be set by the tanks, and I still think there's a lot of uh, room there to kind of dabble. The laugh I did there was that the, what's been played in contenders so far is pretty much all the nerfed heroes. <laughs> all the mm -hmm. heroes that have been nerfed in the recent patch is currently what's being played by contenders teams. So let's go through a couple of those real quick. Um, so what I got done? I was looking at the cross-play stuff, which has no real relevance to uh, the Overwatch League. And the TLDR there is that all the console changes will be... All the console-specific nerfs will be... Um, eliminated so they'll be playing on the pc patch uh speaking of the pc patch um so we got batiste had a nerf on the exo boots charge time increased from 0 0.7 to one second um echo ultimate cost increased that's well deserved to be honest with you True. um mccree reload time increased from 1.2 to 1.5 and distance reduced by 20 percent of the combat role 
Um, it just that seems like it'll make McCree a little bit more cumbersome to play. Moira gets some deserved nerfs in the ultimate department. Ultimate cost increased by 17. I don't even know that's going to be enough. To be fair, it might be. 17 is a reasonable number. Like, 20 would be even pretty good. Resource generation is now three times higher while channeling coalescence. So, you know, there's some give and take there. Mm. Reaper life seal increased from 30 to 35. So that's a hero that was already fairly popular. I would say even in May Melee, Reaper was getting played a reasonable amount. Then he got played an yeah. absolute crap load in June Joust. And then Zarya finally, primary fire, beam damage, now scales 75, 170 damage per second down from 95 to 170. So uh, a nerf on Zarya's that have no energy at all. So with that in mind, gentlemen, maybe we're starting with Yiska first. Uh, what are you saying? Now, <clears throat> I think... What you said towards the uh, the contenders meta is mm. it, it can be an expression of two things, right? It can be an expression of you didn't nerf enough, or it can be an expression of we're just so sluggish in adapting to new realities of the actual truth meta. You know, like if the machines played it and sure, yeah. like figured out, <laughs> like even with you know the limitations of human AI name, learning, played the game, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> then um, that could be the case. I'm usually like. Like, I've been a big proponent of that idea that, first and foremost, meta is a social construct, yes. right? Agreed. Like, the, mm. the best team will most of the time dictate whatever is run by the meta. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the absolute best solved meta, and we have solved it by now, even though, like... Some... Do you think it's the best team, though? I mean... Or just a team that gets out early and wins a lot? Doesn't have to be the best which team, is, yeah, yeah, Which is sure. typically the best team. Sure. Yes, yeah, exactly. Or one of the, you know, one, the best team is probably, but like the top row, you know? The, the sure, yeah, I don't think it goes the... too far below the top row. I yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah. And then like the utility function for teams that try to catch up to those guys, it's just like, oh, no, 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 we got to copy. Like, this is, yeah. like, they're getting too far ahead. They're figuring out stuff out about their comp that we don't mm -hmm. know can, we can beat with our comp or yeah. with that you know, facilitates whatever we're doing uh, at this point in time. So, um, that said, I mean, it's two weeks, right? Like, if a team really wanted to, this is not the situation like it was in uh, after May Melee, where you didn't know mm -hmm. the hero pools and you could just chill. This is a situation where you can play everything, you knew the patch, and therefore, like, you, if you wanted to, you could just, like, farm your hearts out, right? So, there's a different dynamic to this as well, where it's like, if Boston just decided to do 14-hour days for two weeks straight while the May Melee team, uh, sorry, the Jun Joust teams were, for instance, vacationing, maybe they mm. are on top of the field. So stuff like sure. that is possible, right? Um, inherently, I wonder, like, when I saw these changes, I thought maybe the McCree changes would be breaking in terms really? of, like, I, I, I'm in terms of, like, really disincentivizing uh, playing them a lot. Um, I don't know about Reaper, but yeah, like the DPS has gone down considerably through that um uh change theoretically, right? You mean, I mean, if you think of DPS not just as a function of how much you have in your clip, but like how quickly you can sure. reload, yeah, then, yeah. I think I would, yeah, I would agree that that's probably a lot more impactful than like one-off like aggro roll-ins um yes it affects like rolls away but at that point it doesn't it doesn't strike me as that's the ability that's really saving you to be completely honest um i think it just disincentivizes 
you know aggressive mccree roll-ins yeah. um a la you know me- melee like rhine shield flashes stuff like that mm-hmm. where you're just kind of flash fanning um i think that definitely goes away but i think you're okay and we're kind of seeing this in contenders um at least from the bit of china that i watched um that that mccree is still a, a staple and and brings enough defensive utility that you know you you, you want to plug it into these team comps you have the ability and it's not every map to be fair there's there's mm-hmm. definitely uh maps and and you know positions on specific game types that you want more long range hit scan like a widow like an ash um and then some teams are even peppering and torp so it's it, it seems like a the, the the most standard pick but you know it's not not a staple or, or a standard by any means or you, you get my point yeah i mean look i the most important part about the role is you get the reload so that part's unchanged that yeah. part's all good to go mm-hmm. and considering there's a reload nerf anyway the combat role reload is probably you know that's prime um mm-hmm. yeah i've been i've just i've not watched a ton of containers but i've been looking over the compositions just out of curiosity mm-hmm. to see what people are running and this is going to be the stage of the game where there's going to be some experimentation still teams will be trying to figure stuff out so there's a lot of stuff out there which is you know, going to week one of uh, Overwatch League when we come back from the break is always going to be a little bit volatile. Mm. Uh, my biggest question here will be surrounding Tracer because looking through these compositions, I've actually haven't seen as much Tracer in Contenders as I thought I would. Um, there's been, like you said, a lot of McCree and McCree being paired up in some composition. For example, May McCree is a classic one, and now you get to play the the Ryan stuff again. I think Ryan being mm-hmm. back in is actually pretty huge because you have to start asking the question of like, okay, well, you know, if you do want to play Lucio Moria, let's say you want to play June Joust meta again, would it be better just run the Ryan? You can because you you've had versions of that composition oh, in totally. May Melee, what was starting to be developed, especially by teams like Dallas Field. Um, Ryan was swapped in and out with Winston in that composition all the time. But, you know, if we want to play, like, actual brawl comp, like, main melee style brawl comp, you can just go Lucio, Ryan, uh, Diva Bap now, like you used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's just available because the Ryan's there. And I think in some people's cases, you look at that change of, well, having reintroducing Ryan back into the lineup, that should be a pretty fundamental change that affects how those matchups goes. Uh, and also the fact that how dominant Echo is, is somewhat controlled by how dominant a Tracer can be as well. Not that mm-hmm. Tracer hard counters Echo or anything, but Tracer is one of those heroes that's the Echo, you know, doesn't play well into matchup wise, um, and is a meta defining pick generally speaking, uh, as we've seen in previous metas. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more Tracer. I think I think there should be more Tracer play, and I've been sure a little bit thing. surprised there hasn't been as much. Hey, is this going to be another meta that's kind of defined by? Uh, the two regions on uh, what they pick when it comes to Tracer. Do they play Tracer? Do they play Sombra? It's always felt like NA has been very much more Tracer-centric, whereas Asia's leaned very heavily into Sombra. Do you guys feel like that's that's true. going it's to be? Not, no, I don't think so. This season, not so much. Um, just historically speaking, I think mm-hmm. definitely is as a precedent that like I while think... NA has been a little bit more Tracer-centric. No, I think I think it should be the same. I don't think we're going to see. Okay. A lot of somber anymore i think like if you're any team do you is it worth bringing back like what what matchup is somber going to be good actually one part where you might see somber and it's funny because you know the somber master of young shalong himself brought it out uh on team chaser's game but somber was originally the dps partner for reaper in that lucio yes. moira kind of meta and mm-hmm. that to kind of uh composition 
you know, you don't play the Echo and Reaper together. It was meant to be Sombra and Reaper. Mm, yeah. So that's actually one comp where Sombra does see play. I don't know. Because it's good into itself. Um, it's good into itself and good into others. It's good yep. into other comps as well. Yep. So it's just kind of a plug and plug and play. I mean, Reaper's just kind of well, not Reaper. Well, definitely Reaper, but Sombra's kind of self reliant. Sombra yep. doesn't need a lot of help. I think Echo is not a self reliant hero. She does need a lot of help, uh, which is why she was such a weird pick in Junjouse meta. But I think Echo was just too good not to play, especially considering Trace was gone and Sombra's gone. And a bunch of other heroes mm-hmm. you like are gone. Um, speaking of though, those heroes can't be banned again. So I, I don't know what's going on for the next stage, and I imagine Countdown Cup is going to introduce hero ban- hero rotations again because that's part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good news there is, you know, Trace Orion are saved. Trace Orion, Sombra, Zen, they can't be banned away. So right. no matter what happens in the future, we can't those heroes stay. So for the rest of the year, there's opportunity for heroes like Ryan and Trace to really, you know, define what even playoffs in a year playoffs meta could be. It's true. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't count our, our chickens before they hatch. You know, last year we ended up with what, you know, hog diva hog. What was it? Hog Sigma sometimes just, just the, the weirdest of playoff patches. So I'm, I'm not going to, you know, rule anything out. Maybe they, they stick for a little bit and then, you know, the patch blows them up and I don't know, deletes them. Um, or leaving myself open to being surprised. I think it's also interesting that we're not seeing certain heroes because, like, let's say, take Defiant, right? Okay. Defiant has a big incentive to run something like uh, Sombra comps in general, right? Yeah, of course. Like, mm-hmm. or, I mean, we talked about the Asia teams. I don't know if, if um, the East has solved its lack of great Tracer players at this point. I think there's still like maybe one more than there was before, maybe two more, maybe if you uh, count towards. Dude, Western coaches. If you asked them last last uh, season, there were two competent placer players in the entire uh, region, hmm. and none so of them were on Shanghai Dragons players. players. Yeah, yeah. I think Lips had a great. I mean, is that the one that you'd give? I mean, Asian I out? I don't know if Lip like put Lip with Striker, dude. Like, nah. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. I don't he's getting, know. He's getting pounded. It's not even close. He's getting pounded. Is he getting pounded or... I don't know if he's getting it's pounded. Fine. It's fine to say, extreme. like, for instance, that leave or, like, one of the, the NYXL boys can uh, stand up to that. I think everyone else is getting pounded other than Prophet in that region. Uh... I actually think Prophet Lip are the two best traces that I've seen. I, mean, I don't have enough of a sample size for Lip, and maybe I'm being biased because because of one good performance. Over, you biased uh, you know, for short span? Asia? No way. Uh, <laughs> is that ch- is it the chair? Maybe is it the chair the wolf sat, sat on that I was, made you? I don't know what that has to do with Asia. I just I just meant like you know I'm I, I just, I'm biased for a short sample size. I don't I don't yeah, know yeah, what, right. where That's the whole Asia thing came okay. into that. No, no. Um. But I also think, like, I don't know, we'll, we'll see. Shock's on a bit of a downturn. Anyway. I'm not going to go too mm-hmm. deep into individual. We're going to get into that real quick for you guys in, in a short moment. But, um, yeah, well, <laughs> the East is going to have less players just because they have less, there's like four less teams to start with that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, then you got 
some bottom teams there. But even on the bottom teams, like Guangzhou have choice and one who's looking really good on Tracer. Sure. Um, I don't even know if New York really, to me, have like a really standout Tracer. Um, Guangbong was playing a little bit in the preseason. Who was playing at May Melee? Was it uh, Feather? Uh, so Flora, no, was it Flora? No, Feather was not playing. It was one of, one of Ivy or Flora, but I can't. I'm trying to remember who it was. It might have been Ivy. Yeah. I, I don't know how I'm forgetting, but I am. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. then you obviously have Profit. Profit's the standout tracer. Profit yes. is the standout tracer in the east side of things. And I think Lip is based on a very short sample, again, a very small sample size. Looks really good. I need to see a little bit more to be fully comfortable with it. But Agreed. based on what he did in May Melee, it was pretty phenomenal. So, but, um, By the way, just a super small side tangent. I don't know if you guys caught this IMT scorecard thing with the first did. bloods and whatnot. Profit, once again, is silently hard carrying. Like... The, the only player in that region that uh, has the same amount of value or slightly more is Leaf. Hmm? Nobody else is close. Yeah, like, definitely check that out. I couldn't carry. believe the first Bloods. I literally You'd couldn't be surprised. Believe. This guy's not a silent carry. No. Nobody talks about them and you, you guys yeah. don't understand. Everyone just like silently sits there like, yeah, he's a good player. He's a great player. He's... And then there's zero MVP nominations. Well, agility says three. It's because Every Seoul, year. it's because Seoul is such an unstable team, and yes. they they're constantly fluctuating between really insanely good to like, oh, what happened? They shut the bed, um, and then people write off profit because of that. Because yes. for to enter an MVP discussion, to enter any discussion about a player being exceptionally good, their team has to generally be winning. You know, that's that's the mentality, and that's the kind of you know, the thinking behind a lot of this discussion um, for most people out there is just, you know, you, it needs to be like a top team that's winning all the time. Um, but I don't know. You, you look at this and I think I, I've i looked a little, a little bit more objectively and I've I've given plenty of handouts, compliments to leave and his team's been pretty up and down. In fact, right. his team has had less wins overall this season than Seoul have. Yes. But um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been pretty big on profit. I think I've been pretty big on profit like him. All the time. You're you're not in the trenches with <laughs> at the forefront or it's on top you, of the bro. hill. You know that is just no. You. no it's just like oh my god, dude. Like it's it's also like there's this certain crowd that just l hates that narrative for some reason. I don't understand why, but they. Just I don't think, think like I don't think anybody would agree. As well, people what? keep forgetting he's won so much. It's just like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. I people ask me plenty. It's like, hey, who do you think the goat of Overwatch is? And I was like, well, I think it's Profit for X, Y, Z reasons. Yeah. Because the AT part of goat is really important to me. The all-time factor. Yeah, whereas yeah. people like people like they'll they'll pick someone who's good this year. You know, mm -hmm. people pick somebody yeah. that's like, oh, the goat of this year is X or Y player from whatever team because they're doing well yeah. right now. And it's just like, well, what about the AT part of that? That player didn't do well last yeah, year. Yeah. Or he didn't. He hasn't won the Overwatch League, or he had, he didn't do well in season one, or he didn't do well pre-Overwatch League. Profit's done all of that. So the AT part of GOAT to me is like when you include that and you include an Apex winner, uh, Profit's your guy. So I don't know. He's he also one Overwatch League. Preach. Yeah. 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 Uh, I guess I understand. Like, you know, if you're like four and your mom hands you an iPad and you watch Overwatch League for one season and you're sitting there like basically like, I don't know, like someone like who popped off recently, Lip dominating as he does right now is basically a quarter of your life right so how could profit be any better <laughs> the goat right like you, you you were basically not cognizant for the most of the time when this guy was the best in the world so i guess i can see that but like oh the, yeah here we go the one player this is so egregious the one player fans bring up is like who the goat is they're like oh yeah fearless is the goat i'm like really 
Felix the goat. The Sky's popped off this year, and maybe he's popped off kind of last year as well. Yeah. But be- before that, he was part of the 040 Shanghai. He's not. Yeah. He's this guy's not the fucking goat. I'm sorry. It's yeah, just yeah. factually incorrect. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he, he he's the go. He's not the goat. You remove the AT part. He's just. He's just. He's good right now. We yeah, not we, of all time. If this, you want to talk about is, of all time, this is different. We <laughs> need a, an award show. At the end of the year, I'm making a stand now. We will have an award show that will go multiple hours to have full conversations on this so that all of your opinions yeah, yeah. can be thrown in the G. trash. By the way, a lot of yes. people are the G. Yes, G. People yes, G. You can be the G, yes, but you can't good. be the goat. That, that, that's the thing, by the way, also. Player. like we, we really distinctly have to say, whoever told people that the goat discussion is too early, you guys are idiots. This game yeah, is yeah. gone after next season. We're playing a new well, game. Hey, it's over. We don't know. Over, we like, don't know. esports we, happens in a way different time frame. We're like four decades into your favorite sport where you make that argument in, in esports time. Like, yeah. it's th- this is dog years, basically. In yeah. multiple senses. Esports is dog years. Yes. 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 In multiple Agreed. senses. So, yeah, I, I really like the idea of us just sitting down, taking like from the early Apex days, evaluating like how much that should count towards uh, top tier competition. Is it. Is it one Apex that counts for one Overwatch League title? Is it two Apex, three Apex titles? Whatever it is for you. Um, I out. <laughs> maybe you weight them independently because God. Apex Season 1 was a little bit different than Apex exactly Season 4. Exactly what's going to be. I just want to talk about it now, but yeah. it's just like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> can't well, like, can't. I don't yeah. know. There's so many things there. It's like, well, I don't know that you can equate it to... Is it, like, is it, is it worth 0.72 mm-hmm. so Overwatch League wins? Like, you can't even... I don't know. It's it's just hard. Like, it, it is the competition of the time, but then it's a career-only competition. So you're like, well, what about the X or Y team? Or what about these teams that couldn't play in Apex? So it's a completely separate and interesting discussion um but today in the interest of time and definitely in the interest of yeah. time guys we're gonna move through and plan out what the the general scope of the show is and now that we talk about meta a little bit that's gonna kind of you know set the foundation for our expectations for this upcoming stage of summer showdown as we head into the brand new you know uh part of the season where about midway through the season now, midway through the regular part of the season anyway. So every single team has played at minimum eight matches and some of them have played a lot more. For example, Dallas and Shanghai have gone to two tournaments now. Uh, We're not going to do an official power rankings in the sense where we're going to do like an actual rankings of one to 20 or anything like that. Um, You know, we're just, we're probably going to just look to do something in, in regards to talking over the standings and Get a little bit of over-under here where we think the teams are in these standings going through the teams as much as we can. I would love to go through all 20 teams. We'll see if we can do that. Uh, and again, in the interest of time, some of the teams we're going to only really be glossing over. Some of the teams we'll be maybe talking a little bit more in depth and then we'll be discussing as well a little bit of strength of schedule on these teams and how we think they'll be doing this stage in consideration to where the meta is, how flexible their roster is to tackle that meta, um, and some changes to the teams as well. Some teams have had coaching staff changes and play changes and other things on the way and even if they haven't had play changes they've had players moving around and coming of age and all that kind of stuff so guys let's head into it now we'll start with the apac region because that's what this is on the list first we'll go top to bottom and let's start with shanghai dragons uh obviously the dominant team 
in the Eastern region, currently in the Eastern Division. I, I would say that this is a, another favorite to go back into a tournament. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Shanghai was to qualify into the actual Summer Showdown tournament. I wouldn't be surprised if it's another Dallas versus Shanghai kind of matchup. You know, this is the, the setup for the, the two-team rivalry that we have for pretty much this entire year. Shanghai have one of the most flexible rosters. They've just signed Develop officially onto the team after being teased for a little while. This guy replaces DM and hit scan role. The first rookie, by the way, for Shanghai this year. And Shanghai was a team so far that I describe as like, this is a veteran-only team. Like, no rookies on this team at all. And Moon's brought in a rookie for the first time. And Shanghai now get to you know, play the entire width of all the stuff that they could be good at. And um, probably getting rid of the hero pools and allowing Trace to come back in and all these options are definitely a good thing for the APAC region, definitely a good thing for the Eastern Division, considering, you know, how they had to bend the knee in June Joust to play Lucio Mori, and then somehow won anyway. But, uh, just start the discussion with Shanghai. A question for you, Avril, regarding develop, because this is a player that I cannot be confident on. Um, this is a player who I've heard a lot of good things from, especially from you. Um, my my one question really is, does he have a McCree? Do you think he can be a world-class oh, yeah. McCree? Um, from that, it seems like, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, you could plug him in very easily to this meta, I think. Especially on, on these escort maps. Um, quickly running through them as they're not in front of me. Um, escort, Root. we've got Junkertown. Yep. Exactly. Uh, a lot of... A lot of distance. A lot of distance in between, you know, the, the start of those spawns, um, especially on point B for a lot of those maps. Um, I think you have a lot of room to go Widowmaker, a lot of room to go Ash. Um, do you kind of see him entering, maybe not necessarily a starting role, but... He's not going to play at all. You don't think so? I'm sorry to break anyone's heart by saying that. I would... The only Okay, what's their strength schedule? Do they play Valiant at this stage? Because then they're going to play, I guess. They do! They do, and okay. they play Valiant at the homestand. Ah, oh, but then I don't think Develop will get to China in time. Who knows? Mm. I mean, Takiyaki mm. still in China, so unlikely. Um, maybe, maybe they'll play him versus Valiant. And the reason I say that is, I'm sure this will come back to bite me, and Moon will play him in another game that's not versus Valiant, and he's got some master plan because, of course, he does. Um, but Lip's form right now is insane. This okay. guy is on such an insane heater. He's to me, easily MVP caliber this this year. Uh, I think I said that last show when we did the midseason awards, and the form he's showing as an individual player is unlike anybody that I've well maybe I say unlike anybody, but fearless has been hot on people's minds as well. So you know you got fearless in the west and you got lip in the east, and these are the two players that I think are heating up the the respective regions the most. And there's to me no chance right now that if you want to dominate a Shanghai, you just keep mm. playing lip. You, you do not ever... You you bench Flitter before you bench Lip right now, in my honest opinion. Mm. Um, which means, maybe you play a double hit scan, so maybe there's a world where Lip and Develop play together. For example, sure. Lip goes Tracer, Develop goes McCree or Ash or something, and boom, there's your comp, there's your team. Kinda, that's kind of where I have was added. Those are heroes that Flitter are not good on. Flitter's not good on those heroes, because otherwise you're having Lip on those heroes, which is also insanely good. Lip is, Lip's McCree, Ash, etc. All really, really good. Um, and Flitter plays your Tracer. But there's the argument that Lip plays a better Tracer, so who knows? That That's the world where I realistically see Develop coming in, but Lip's just too good to not play right now. So Lip plays 100%, Fair. and he covers all of Develop's heroes already. 100%. I think pound for pound, 
this roster just is a championship caliber team. I think they're one of the maybe maybe one of you will fight me on this. I think this is one of the only teams that has like a pound for pound like heater of a roster that's actually performing extremely where they should. Like the expectations meet the results for me. Does that make sense? The number one, and then they actually number one. Yes, it feels like, like they wanted to end at number one. Yeah. Yes, where you have teams like the Glass, where you have season results. Their regular season is, is like they'll they'll lose like zero and three to Hangzhou sure. Spark, but then they'll yeah. win the Junior House, right? One hundred percent. Like <laughs> I, I feel safe and at home with this team. Maybe not necessarily at the start of you know the week where they're still kind of like finding their footing, and you know they drop those those yeah. goofy games to you know Chengdu early on in May Melee, and like you said, Spark last uh, last month, but. Um, yeah, they they feel like the only team that I can say confidently, like the there's way, no no obvious holes, no underperforming, just good. Looks good, is good, done. They they are they're very strategic because you don't want to be four and zero team, so they're gonna drop a game on purpose somewhere, yeah. right, to make sure they're three and one. Because a couple curses to dodge. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to be a four zero team in the Overwatch League right no. now. In any <laughs> you just want to dodge that. So uh, we all agreed, uh, and, and I'll maybe move this over to Yiska to confirm as well. We all agree that Shanghai probably expectation number one summer showdown in East for sure. Yeah, Correct. and I mean, no challenges. There's, I would love to hear the arguments that suggests otherwise, like both in potential of this team, um, yeah. and maybe maybe Joe has has some. Thinks he's high. Oh, on I have. And I have yeah, I have a hunters. team. I'm definitely high on. Um, I guess. Oh, you think oh, it's hunters? No, no. Well, apparently no, you haven't oh, uh, no, been paying I saw, attention. I, I, I saw you. I know you're what you're talking about. <laughs> and I mean, that's. Am I wrong? I think so. Yes. Um, see. But the the idea is like, I don't even think Shanghai has played their best Overwatch yet. No. For most of the time, like they they just won a tournament. For what felt like eighty five percent Shanghai, like I think they squeaked. They were by. forced to, again bend the yes. knee in a comp. They didn't get to play their comps, which so, makes yeah. it more impressive. To be fair, yes, because but, like, what that is not if clean. You actually have the meta meta comp. What do you do then? Mm -hmm. do, do, you how do you catch them? Right. So yeah, if, if Shanghai, yeah, we go to a tournament in Shanghai, like no, no, you have to play our comp. Then that's a problem for the NA teams. That's an issue. The Western teams are kind of fucked. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to be in a happy place. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if I would say like they're the best in the world. I think Dallas has a real chance that they are. But yeah, that's the only other team that you can argue for sure. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. But yeah, I, I mean. In terms of potential, in terms of like what they have in the back of their pockets, in terms of like finding the right matters for them, um, I think this is mm -hmm. just like people we're not talking about, about enough is like Void, for instance. He's just like mm -hmm. on another cracker of a season. Like it's it's actually nuts how long this kid has been doing what he does since like Apex season two. Like maybe let me think. Has he ever not been good? <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe Apex Season Four or, or something. Yeah. Just Glads. Glads was my only one that I was like, Void. Like, where are you at? Bad, like, it wasn't. wasn't it wasn't any bad, but it was definitely a and step down from what you were used to. I think he got got to the team later, right? Like, not yeah. late, but later. And so. there, it's like, by the way, like, just by the by, 
the players that Glads has dropped is is it is a pretty good team if you think about it, like right? So um no, but Void, I mean probably very likely the best off tank uh in the world at the at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, totally. Also, was last season, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, fans are up, up right now. They're like, oh, oh, I'm not the best. <laughs> so, I'm yeah, putting I, out the early. I, I think he's also under talked yeah. about. I think that's just the off tank role in the mo at the moment, though. Um, but yeah, like generally speaking, uh, I I don't think like I couldn't even. I don't know what I would have to take in order to make the argument that Jungle Dragons isn't the strongest team in this region. Because when you, the, when you meet the and biggest, beat. The biggest problem of this region is that nobody actually makes an effort to, to suggest themselves, right? No. Nope. Like, some through circumstances, for sure. Some through absolute just, like, spaghetti-dropping nuttery. Like, I don't know, like, the Spark could be good, but then they had this mumbo-jumbo at the start, and then they dropped their spaghetti against... NYXL, NYXL doesn't really get it together. Hunters are like typical hunter stuff. I mean, Fusion yeah. had their issues as well. Dynasty is just Dynasty. Like, and then, I mean, the, the other two teams are just like, yeah, I don't know. Like this one consistent team in this entire yeah. East region. It's it's just a non plus ultra, right? Like, I don't know, I don't know, and we'll talk about Dallas in a little bit more detail when we get to the Western teams. But my my cold take. For summer showdown, it's going to be another, Shang another Shanghai Dallas finals. That's my cold take. Ooh. It's a cold take because it's it's like a really easy thing to say when these are the two teams that have been dominating the hardest. Um, but that's uh, we're getting that's maybe saying more about Dragons right now than is Dallas because I want to talk about Dallas in more detail yeah. a little bit later on. Uh, I want to move things on to Seoul a little bit here because we already kind of touched up on Seoul. Um, they are number two in the standings for the Eastern Region. That's because, funnily enough, they're regular season has been good to them so yeah. a team that we always say is like oh you know they're an unstable team they're actually six and two who are the two teams they've lost to i'm trying to go i'm gonna go back in the history and see which teams they've lost to but seoul have been having a good season they're the number two they they beat the philly Duff fusion in map record by one so that's been pretty good so the two teams they've lost to have been chengdu in may melee and who else? Philadelphia is no, is that right? They've lost to Shanghai twice, but um, that was one of them was in the actual tournament regional knockouts. Um, yeah, Shanghai. Yeah, they, oh, June, they lost. lost. So they've lost twice in the regional knockouts, and they've lost twice in the regular season. Regular season is Philadelphia in May, Shanghai in June. And then the tournament knockouts is Chengdu in May, May, in May, and Shanghai in June. So, so I think those extra losses in the knockouts is kind of where people are a little bit more skewed towards, yep. like, oh, yeah, it's all inconsistent because they go three and one in the regular season, they make it to the regional knockouts, and they just lose. Mm -hmm. That kind of feeds into that narrative. Mm -hmm. thing. And also, in I the think... fashion that they lose, right? Like that's the annoying part most of the time. Like, what was your okay? So, Shanghai brutal. Yes, yeah. agreed. Um. <sighs> on May, like, come on, man. Yes, I agree. It, my my big issue at that one was because they started off 
against was it new york that they were running like the hog stuff and i was like yo this is like this is this could be the hotness like this could carry them the, the distance i think last show avril you mentioned that um i think i think achilles had had you know echoed a same point or a similar point um you know via a hot take which i kind of agreed with that you know if soul continued to play this kind of goofy stuff found their footing with it you know took the loss versus shanghai kind of reversed engineered it maybe you know some anime mumbo jumbo do what you want with it like that stylistically i felt like could have been like a, a an actual upset caliber composition that they could have like rode into um and then they uh, kind of just like let it go the what what the narrative was is they had to bend the hog when they bend the hog and got rid of the hog yeah then they started to look good and i think Soul's expectations for Jun Jaos were skewed by the fact that they dominated Guangzhou. But now when we look mm. back at it, it's like, well, Guangzhou is a struggling team, and dominating them doesn't, doesn't shouldn't know. give you the utmost yeah. confidence. And then you dominate Guangzhou 3-0, and then you walk into the actual knockout versus Shanghai, and they embarrass you. It's like, okay, well, that that, that there's the test of the teams. You can be second best in the region, and number one of the regions is too far ahead of you. They're yes. so far ahead of you, they 3-0 you. But at the same time, I mean, Soul did themselves no favors in their matchup. They played weird stuff, and they were uh you know being dominated across the board uh and they didn't even they weren't even playing hog thankfully but um yep. i don't know you there was just some look like maybe some choking there as well because to you had a great sigma versus guangzhou that his sigma versus shanghai was just really awkward using alts at the wrong time just kind of wasting them in 1v4 stuff like that um kind of nitpicking here a little bit of the teams but i think soul are the type of team that will bait you into thinking they're extremely good by beating a weaker team you remember, oh, wait, they're playing against Shanghai? Yeah, that's probably not going to go well. So I think this coming tournament, I wouldn't be surprised if Seoul go, I mean, what's the strength of schedule? They'd probably go 3-1, and one, something like that. Um, who do they play? They play, play Chengdu, Hangzhou. They play this upcoming week, so we can actually maybe even talk about those games a little bit. And then they play Shanghai, which is probably going to be an L, and they play Guangzhou, which means they could go 3-1. They could, realistically speaking, beat all the other three teams that are not Shanghai, go 3-1 again, and then depending on how they land in those actual, you know, uh, regional knockouts and who they face uh, will determine whether they can make it to a tournament or not. And this is the other crazy thing about this, like, four-game stage kind of set up here as well. It's like, I think, remember, Bay Melee, Shanghai came in as seed number four. So even mm -hmm. coming first seed doesn't save you. Like, it's not necessarily good enough because you could face Shanghai, who come in in seed four, and then your Philadelphia Fusion, you're like, this is just stupid. This is... We are getting robbed. So, yeah, unlucky. Soul, I think the big matchup to kind of keep track of is versus the Spark. I don't see Hunters as much as I do like them. Uh, I don't see them really landing with this meta in particular. Um, I have an issue with their second DPS. Uh, I'll, I'll say it straight up. 12 like, damn players, they're not going to land in the meta? Like, do, they, do they need 24 players? What's going on? No, 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 just, just hunters in general. Like, they... Nobody feels like an adequate second to leave. Like, I want leave to play Tracer. I want leave to play McCree. I want leave to play Sombra. He can't play at all. You don't have that many, you know, hands and fingers and toes yeah. to be able to play literally every hero. Yeah, yeah. It's... I I, I really kind of over the Jinmu Sombra. Um, hold off on the Chengdu. Otherwise, our timestamp's going to get really awkward, Joe. Sure, agreed, agreed. One hundred percent. I I have to give that to Soul. That's that's leading into like the Soul prediction, right? Um, yeah. But but Soul and and Spark feels like the good litmus test to see how they're going to perform this this entire 
stage and it's not an easy stage that's not a that's not an easy one could be 2-2 i, I mean it, depending on if chung you know chungu upsets like could be 1-3 like it's it, this one's a tough one if they're going to have a good season and come into the playoffs with a, a strong mindset i think they have to do well here i think this has to be a 3-1 if they want to have a good seed yeah i could see this being 2-2 um i don't know if you want to drop a quick print in there you're screwing up but we are going to move on pretty quickly so you can either uh, drop a quick print in there, then move, then get into fusion, or just start talking about fusion now because let's get into fusion to win number three. But let's go with fusion. Then. Okay, Yiska's uh, gonna skip the print. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're not all we're not all brave enough to drop one. No, no, um, no, no. <laughs> I got to juice up. Fusion, fusion. Uh, only one map behind Soul, <clears throat> so they're pretty close. And I think fusion are a team where, yeah. Let's recap what happened in June Joust, by the way, because they were they were they had a poor start. 0-2 start, they could have, they nearly rescued that by going full 6-0 in maps in the second half of uh, June Jow's regular regular season, and then they dropped that map to Valiant, which kind of boomed them out of contention. There's a couple things there, obviously don't drop a map to Valiant, especially when yeah. no one's dropped a map to Valiant except Chengdu, uh, yeah. but second to that is, you know, win one extra map in your first two games, or don't lose those first two games, yeah. or just win one of those first two games, and they're there. But now Philadelphia to kind of also um, just List off a couple of changes here. There's not a lot. Astro is finally in Korea, so maybe swapping playtime with Toby a little bit here. EQO has already started to get some playtime in there. So you slowly, piece by piece, fusion of rebuilding the team into what they wanted at the start of the season. Yeah, and I think that's going to be a, a sizable boon. Not to mention that, like Yessia said at the top of the show, you have a lot of time. Like if you wanted to put in the hours to grind out this meta and find it early. This is a team that a, I, I'd expect to do it. And, you know, you have the allowance to do so. Now you have all the toolkit to kind of play from. You have all the heroes. You put a lot of those heroes, you know, names to faces with the Philadelphia Fusion. Not necessarily mad at it. You want to play, you know, Moira Lucio. Now you have Astro to kind of pull from. It's not to say that Toby was bad. If anything, I think he'd probably thrive in that. But is that, you know, is that going to hold up versus a funny Astro, right? Is it going to hold up? Sure. The right. funny aspect of all Lucio duties. It's it, it's possible, right? And that's not to say that you know Moyer Lucio is going to be the consistent you know composition. But when you start to piece together what we're seeing in contenders to the Philadelphia Fusion, I do like what I'm seeing. I do I do see a lot of consistent threads. But when you backtrack and look at some of their other compositions, you can start to see like a little bit of a style kind of bleeding through. Where it's like I don't know if this is like a comfortability leaning into Mono's you know kind of wheelhouse playing a little slower, playing a little bit more Ryan, playing a little Orisa, right? Not so much Wrecking Ball, right? They, they seem to be leaning more slow tempo. I'd love to see that come out, but I, I, I find that the Philadelphia Fusion, the more that I look at them, the, the deeper in detail you go, the more I like. And my hot take is that I have Philadelphia Fusion winning the Summer Showdown. That is hot. That is actually pretty damn hot. Screaming just from the the stratosphere coming in i i have them upsetting like the summer champions tend to do you look where through what's where, that where does this take land on on yiska your kelvin meter oh i mean is there a Jesus hill christ what for you is to die, die? die? I mean, you're dead dude <laughs> 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 you're already buried <laughs> Like, <laughs> what? I'll poke some holes. Let me, let me let me hear some arguments. Convince me otherwise. Okay, so 
What is the big, big boon that you see? I don't think even they have their key players yet. You think Astro makes a difference? Yeah. I don't think so. Depending on the meta that we get, I don't think so. I think the only Agreed. hero he could le legitimately be transformative, and not even that, is Lucio. They're only missing Shockwave Poco, by the way. So you're saying that their key player is Shockwave Poco? I think Shockwave is the key player, yeah. I would right. say Poco. I think Poco is probably the bigger upgrade over Hoppa. Personally. I'd it like to see Shockwave on the play. Meta that's played. Agreed. I, I, I want to see Shockwave on the starting roster. I want to see him actually get playtime. Don't get me wrong. It's not like any kind of Shockwave hate. But if I'm going to like nitpick on this team, not have been impressed with Hoppa. I've not been impressed with Rascal. Like, treat yourself to some IBM stats. Like, if, <laughs> oh, if you I have. Va value that. Dude's match-reading. I, I think, in particular, May, it was kind of a tracer diff, to be completely honest. Um, and this one, I think they had a hard time okay. figuring out. A little bit. It um, went from a tracer diff to an echo diff. In oh, a way, no. yeah. It was. It, I think they've had a hard time finding where their footing is because they were expecting EQO to come in. Their footing, is. Their footing is playing Rascal in May on the Hero May, not the month May, and then yeah. they'll be the big team. You have you have him come in on May. You have a McCray to back him up with with Carpe, who has been playing extremely well this season. You now can play that style of composition. It tends to yeah. lean into their slow style. I, I see them coming again. through. Boom. Yeah, I see them being uh, so the Dallas this that season. Requires, that requires a couple things. A, May McCree Brawl is like the comp. That's the god comp. Or sure. if it's not the god comp, that's the comp that you can, you know, that, that is a horse you can ride yes. to the damn end of the of the stage. Uh, it has to be a strong enough composition. Which I I'm not doubting it, it is. Would be. Say that again? I don't understand why that would be the case. I've said the same thing for two stages now with Dallas. Why would this be the comp that nobody can seem to figure out and nobody's really had an answer for it? Shanghai found an iteration, I'd say. Um, well, but I, yeah. You're free based on what Dallas have done. I, I think Philly is the Dallas of this stage. I think they could ride in on a very particular comp that fits them very well. And I, I think... Forced to claim on the hill that I, he dies I on. Don't, I don't and hate, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It is what it is. I mean, the, I just don't think it's May McCree. Like, that's the, the one that wits me out. I don't... Okay, if it's not May McCree, I think you could sub out May on certain maps outside of control for, like, Sombra, and I don't particularly hate anybody that they put on Sombra. I think Ikuo plays the stage over Rascal primarily. Yeah. I think yeah. Rascal takes a back Ikuo Carpe play the entire time. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see if, if May is going to be a pick that you can utilize, I think it'd be a detriment not to play Rascal, especially on some of these control maps. Um, but I think he'd basically be just be a control specialist in like a random like two CP like spot. Who plays Tracer for this team now? Is Ikiro going to be the Tracer? No, he's not. Is it going to be Carpe? I think it's Carpe. Who's the Tracer player? I think you probably just forfeit the McCree and play something because quick. I, because like everyone's like, oh, probably not Rascal anymore, right? Rascal's yeah. a serviceable Tracer at best, even in May Melee. I don't think you but, can. With how prevalent it could be, I don't think you want to put your eggs in the, the Rascal basket with how kind of poorly granted it was a close match it was 3-2 in the the play-ins for may melee but it was it was rough carpe had to do a lot of the lifting there um and and he's a player that i think can find 
for what it's worth, you know, I think, you know, you've, this is not necessarily like, it's a hot take, but I don't think it's, right, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm not out of bounds. I'm not, you know, off, off sides, you know, uh, I'll, I'll take a, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> it's, a hot, it's a hot take in the way we're like, you know what? I was just going to score a goal from the middle of the field yeah. in this match. And um, which I'll take like, it. Oh, it's not impossible, but if, yeah, it's not out of bounds. So. Joe, Joe, if anything, I think this team has overperformed. Really? Yeah. The team that hasn't had their starting roster has yes. overperformed. Yes, they shouldn't be 4-0 in the first stage based on, like, everyone was sort of, like, um, drawing spaghetti at that point, right? And it's, still, it's not over, but it feels like, I mean, look at the teams that they had to beat. Like, Seoul is a big win. I give you that, right? Valiant. The spark of that time, and then the hunters who you can always win one against. Like I don't know. Like sure. it's it's like I'm not sure. I'm actually. You remember how sure. they dismantled the hunters in May? Remember that game where I was just left brokenhearted and everybody's cheering because Philly just absolutely smashed my preds. That team. I mean, sure, but like I I don't know. I I think. I think with the setup that team had, it was an overperformance. And yes, if you then think that's the baseline of this team, not them overperforming, then yes, I understand that from that basis, you have to assume yes. that they are going to be better than I think. Depends on I how think you spend even it. Even with those boons, they should be expected to do worse than they did in May Melee. How much worse, to be fair? Because this is a team that I went, know. what, 4-0 and in May? I think the, the thing is, like, they really benefit from the, the region just being so weak at the moment. But um, Sure, of course. I think there's just, like, a high chance that they go 2-2 just as much as they go 3-1, just as much as they go 4-0, or, like, 1-3. I don't know. I, without, without diving into the schedule, I think if you take a look at that schedule, and there's one team in particular that I'd fight on a hill for, um... They have a lighter schedule. Um, which who are the teams that they're playing against? So okay, they play Hongzhou, they lose to Shanghai. Let's be honest, and then they play um, Chengdu and New York, which are I think they have three very winnable games. Yes, you know, and then one game that's just going to be rough. I I, I agree. One that... three here, very Actually, easily. I you know what? maybe I changed my mind on that. I, Shanghai do have to drop a game in here somewhere. So they probably dropped the Correct. game in Philadelphia. Correct. Then it's early. It's it's early. Oh it's in week God. one. When does Shanghai tend Shanghai to flubble? Not go full zero. Shanghai. Yes. Shanghai. Shanghai. Look at the schedule. Be like, oh, I drop a game to somebody. Maybe they mm. drop it to Valley. Like strategically speaking, oh, you should no, lose please. Oh, because no, I'm serious. Because you know, why would you give one of your closest rivals in the division a free win? <sighs> yeah. The the <laughs> I'm serious right now. I'm actually obviously joking, and I hate that I have to say that. I'm baiting as hard as possible, and I hate this. I hate to, you know, dangle the bait in front of you and be like, hey, I'm baiting you, by the way, but I am. Um, Shanghai, obviously, not losing on purpose, or are they? There's the, me baiting again. I'll let you decide. Um, <laughs> but I, okay, so I was going to actually say to you, Joe. Actually, what uh, was I going to say to you, Joe? Um, oh, yeah, I remember now. I think, I think Philadelphia is based on, I, I want to get moved past this quickly because we've got to go sure, on to some other teams. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, we're going to get the we the Western teams. We're going to be like, um, so what's the team? <laughs> 
anyway, my comment, my final comment about Fusion is I think this team needs to really play into Alarm, especially on the Ana. So I actually see them succeeding on Ana-based compositions with Alarm carrying. Like if you guys have talked talk about, oh, could sure. Shockwave come in and Rob was not very good and EQO and Carpe and these guys, I'm like, yo, Alarm is like the best player on the team right now. That's the guy I play around if I'm if I'm a Fusion. Like all my team players, I'm like, build around Alarm, build your comp, do your comps around Alarm. This is the guy that's going to make you win games. So... I almost wanted to say that I'd like to see him on Brig more, but you don't have a, another flex support to lean into. Like he's one, of, he's like oh, another wow. leave player that like you want to just play. Like if I had two alarms, we'd be winning the league. Like he is just that good at support. Like regardless of the the denotation when you when you give it like that several. That that I don't okay. think. Like you have too many other good Lucios, but it's like Lucio is a very specific hero to be yes, good on. Yes, like and a, it, a hero that not support play a lot of support plays like i can't touch lucio that plays off limit you can't sign it's a, it's just toward lucio just have him grind out the mechanics even more fi- sure. find more ridiculous stuff and then just clone an alarm i agree avril i agree alarm is going well, to be a key play sorry, we're going to move the hangzhou spark now i also did want to add one thing about what yes i had a laugh when yeska talks about drop spaghetti all the time to the point where like i want to do a weekly drop spaghetti award like which <laughs> team drops spaghetti here's the Ooh. award Biggest drop spaghetti this week. What kind? It gets brought up all the time. Uh, speaking of drop spaghetti, though, Hangzhou Spark didn't actually make it into the nope. June Joust tournament. And to bring that up again, a little bit of recent pain, I understand. I will run over some changes to the roster, which is just the one. Uh, God's B is off the team. I don't know. Don't, I don't think we have the context of like who chose, made what decision, but there was no way from my perspective, and this is not some inside info, just me looking objectively, that Gosby was going to play over Shy again, unless there's a double hit scam meta, but even then, I don't know, man. Soma's still on the roster. Architect's very flexible. You don't, you, who knows? So Gosby doesn't really have a place here. And in my opinion as well, 12-man teams just don't work. I don't see it. Like 12-man teams, you are always going to have a situation where half your team is just benched. And yep. Godsby saw the writing on the ball. Maybe he left. Maybe the team was like, why are we paying for a 12th player? That's never going to play. Uh, I actually think maybe Godsby left and Hangzhou would have liked to keep him just for, you know, if you're going to have 12 players and you've probably got some plan in terms of internal scrims and practice or whatever, that 12 players is maybe good for. That's like the only real good reason of 12 players. But um, yeah, I don't know. So I'm not hugely surprised that he's gone. A little bit sad. Um, I don't know what team he could go to, except for maybe Charge, who are, you know, potentially rumored to be looking to pick up new players. But no one's really looking for another hit scan right now, especially on the eastern region. Chengdu are full, and they only want Chinese players anyway. New York have got four DPSs. Philadelphia's got four DPSs. Shanghai's got four DPSs. Seoul's got three. We're Seabelby's permanently benched anyway. Do you want to add another permanent bench player? No. Valiant are not going to add any players for the rest of the season, and they probably only want a Chinese player anyway. So. No team in the Eastern Division at all are going to probably pick up Godsby except for Gondra Charge if they really want another hit scan to replace like Haley, maybe, or to add a fourth DPS. As as bleak as it sounds, I think uh, there's another, uh, you know, budding esports title that I think his, uh, his uh, specialties uh, tend to lean into and play very well with. Uh, yeah, just for Overwatch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I do think he has a space in the league. Eh, it's. I I'd love to see him go to Korean Valorant. Obviously, that's you know kind of what we're dancing around. Um, but 
I don't know. It, it's sad to see the old man's strength leave um, if he is departing. It doesn't sound like just from the verbiage that you know was used. Uh, it didn't seem like he's necessarily retiring. I do think he has a space in the league, um, but Spark as a whole, um, it's a, it's one of those teams to be completely honest that I'm not entirely too sure of. I I don't think we had a good showing at the start. Um, we've obviously seen them do extremely well. Uh, I just don't know how consistent they're going to be. One loss really threw off everything, didn't it? Yes. So it, it wasn't for that one loss versus New York, a team that mm-hmm. should have beat. You know, very different conversation. Yeah, I, and I was I was writing them already to the, to the finals. To be completely honest with you, when looking at June, like I was like, all right, well, they're going in. I think they're too hard to beat. Like they're just kind of rolling everybody, no problem. All right, we put them against the finals for Shanghai. So Joker seems like that. So I guess that's GG for Fusion. It's possible, right? I could be the I could be the curse. Uh, hopefully, because that would be kind of interesting. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like where Sparks kind of situated um, in terms of the standings as a whole, kind of being you know. Five and three feels about right. Um, if they're going to continue to, you know, be this dominant force or at least be a contender for, you know, the top seed um, or or the top, you know, echelon, if you want to call it that um, in the East, I think you're going to see them come out swinging um, and they have the the pieces too. We've, we've seen what shy can do. Um, I think the one player that doesn't really get talked about enough is MCD. I think he's had an absolute oh, yeah. nut season. You want to go IBM somebody? Go IBM him. Yeah, I think he's yep, yep. nuts. Um, somebody that I didn't necessarily have on my radar. I thought was going to be good, but not this good by any stretch of the imagination. And then Yiska definitely uh, juice lorded it up a little bit. And again, when he, when he hits, he hits pretty hard. So yeah, in the preseason, yeah, big surprise. He was. It was like okay, Spark is all over the place, but MCD is just like a nut job. That's that was yep. basically what you heard out of scrims from from that team. So really well so yeah I'm equally I'd... surprised and not surprised only because like mcd to me was like an older player from contenders who was kind of on the back end overlooked by a lot of teams and you know maybe his potential is limited because the league is i say the league when i say the league i'm talking about the teams in the league mm-hmm. who hire the players are kind of biased against older players they prefer younger players for multiple reasons um but he the guy people forget he's a gauntlet champion he was on element mystic this guy was playing with sparkle and doha and all the rest so there it is. Oh. Um, uh, yes, Skidler. You want to say something? No. Yeah, no. Uh, like the, 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 I mean, it's very obvious that it's not necessarily the players that are the issue with this team, right? Like, and that oh, has also that has been true since Spark existed, basically. Like, if they run run it internally and from an organizational standpoint, they run it smoothly, then they do well. Um, I also, like, I understand there's a propensity of coaches that speak the language of their players to have them in. At the same time, like, not feeling shy just feels like there's there's no possible universe where, like, that might net you better results. Um, so, um, just very confusing from Pagion's side. But, uh, back in the first, was it, like, the first two matches where shy wasn't played? Yeah, about the first like yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah. Lost, yeah. yeah, and I don't know. Like generally speaking, th- this is unfortunately through its volatile structure. Like it's not like a Chengdu situation where this team is up and down based on them having like wild fever dreams of a meta. It's 
that they just have to get on the same page as a team, and then they're usually like, what were they in, in season two? Top five team, you know? Yep. They're like, they, they, that team has the, um, the players and the, the uh, talent to be a, the second best team in APAC, theoretically speaking. They just yep. can't get it on the same page, and that has always been the issue with this team. Yeah. I mean, it feels. Do, do because of the one game they lost. Versus New York, because aside from that, flawless Jun Zhao's four zero. I mean, I'd say they got on the page sure. pretty comfortably there. Yes, uh, again, After I think it's just that one loss was, that yeah. really yes. used things up. Yeah, yeah. I sure. think the this the 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 small sample size in general, like this this without going too deep into the format, like nearly half the games in May, a great June showing, and then we don't really have a ton to work with. Um, mm -hmm. It's a, just literally a handful of games. I, I feel confident with the team, but I've always felt like this is a team that kind of has a ceiling that I think is going to be really hard to kind of like break through. Maybe they have the star power now to do that, but I, I don't see a, a kind of coaching, you know, and issues with coaching, especially early on with this team, doesn't necessarily lend itself to confidence in that team kind okay. of leveling up. Let's talk about strength of schedule slightly here, and then I also want to pose the question whether this is a top four or bottom four team. I think we can. Mm mostly land on it's probably a top four team mm -hmm. and then we're going to move on after that uh but valiant should be a freebie um soul that's going to be one of their harder games to start with that's coming up you know in the opening weekend and they go to the shanghai homestand where they play shanghai which is shanghai is already going to be a tough team then you have to play them at their own homestand bit of a yeah that's going to be rough uh, a really big game in terms of rematching versus new york though now to me I actually, and we'll get into conversation about New York as well, but New York could actually have a better stage, which puts things into a little bit more contention for Hangzhou Spark and their ability to beat New York, because that could be still be a loss. Um, I think that's the major swing game. Okay. Because um, you have, you could argue that Seoul is a swing game in terms of like, you know, are they going to win or lose that one? I think pretty confident they can beat Valiant. Not so confident they can beat Shanghai, so it's a one and one. Mm -hmm. And then we're talking about end three and one by beating New York and Seoul. Do they end two and two by losing to one of them? Or is it the worst case scenario where they go one and three because they can't beat Seoul or New York, right? So it's uh, could be a really interesting stage for Hangzhou. I'm definitely interested, um, and, and hopefully I kind of under, understood you right, um, you know, picking your brain more on New York when we get to them as, as a team. Um, but yeah, I, I would lean on more of the 3-1. Um, I feel like they'll confidently beat New York. Um, Seoul might be a little dicey, but I think they can squeak that out. And then, yeah, Shanghai, especially as late as they have them in the schedule. It's... Hey, maybe tough. they'll figure stuff out. Maybe Hangzhou will figure a lot, a lot of, out a lot of stuff by the time we get to the end. If anything, maybe. you either want to play them. If you think you're going to lose, just play them early and lose, or play them really late. Play your hardest game last, maybe, is a good call. Mm. Just because that's when you've got your, your stuff the most figured out. But you can make the equal argument that so does the other team. So yes. maybe play them early if you want to rely on the chaos. If you think you can beat them through chaos where teams don't have it figured stuff out yet, and you maybe you got lucky or you've just 900 IQ'd your way through the meta and you've figured it out more than Shanghai have, you can beat them early on. Um, but to me, you got to either play them early or late. Uh, and yeah, we'll get to New York a little bit later on. It does boil down to the fact that I think they have a better, it'll be a better um, meta for them. But Hangzhou to me are a team that may not necessarily make the tournament this stage because I see them going two and two this stage. Okay. I don't know if that's super confident in terms of uh, you know scoreline. Yeah, but you, does do you guys have them top four, bottom four, like what? 
I'd say top, top four. four. Regional knockouts, by the way. Yeah, I would say that the East standings as they stand right now is my top four teams. Shanghai, Seoul, Philly. Right. Hangzhou. Damn, no love for Chengdu. No. Uh, they... I think they've improved, but they still don't have the consistency. And I really do, do think it kind of leans on the uh, the second DPS, but we'll get to them. We will. We're going to get to them next. Final thoughts, Jessica? Yeah, I think this is a pretty... like I like this stage and their strengths of schedule simply because we will get to know or will get a pretty good idea where uh, Spark is at the moment after they... Especially Agreed. like the Soul and the... Even like the New York game will be in interesting to see simply because like you kind of want to know can they bring it back against New York? Is New York finally figuring stuff out? Um, mm -hmm. And then Shanghai is just like the final final thing. Can they bring it to do it again? You know, sure. um, so if you can adapt to beat Shanghai again, this is the summer. You look historically, a lot of upsets in the summer. Yeah, if Hangzhou can kind of adapt to what Shanghai is showing, like Avril said, late game, late stage, and you can beat them, we got a story on our hands, boys. I think what is very likely to happen is we either figure out that Spark is actually the second best team in this region, mm -hmm. and the range then is they probably bottom out at like fifth, right? Like that's that's what these results will communicate to us. Yep, I agree. Can I bait further that maybe Shanghai lose this game and then beat Philly? Because they've got to go 3-1, right? So maybe this is the game they lose. But then they do have to do it in front of their own crowd, which is a bit unfortunate. But then I did say strategically they should lose to Valiant. So, I don't know. <laughs> which one, Avril? You got to pick. I don't know. I think it'd be kind of funny if you lost to Valiant at your homestand. Like, just for the comedy value, that's pretty high. That's pretty high. Uh, I wouldn't mind that. Um, the problem is I don't even to... know at which level your baiting takes place, you know? I'm not sure if you <laughs> onions, baby onions. <laughs> I'm not okay. sure if you're like, well, you got to go three one, so that's not bait. But now you got to strategically <laughs> uh, decide you know, who you. I'm giving away. I'm showing a little bit more of my hand than I want to here. But the the key to successful baiting is for you to not be quite sure whether I'm being serious or not. And so there's a there's got to be enough truth in there that you're like, damn it, is he is he is he? But he's so you're baiting right yourself basically. Uh, we're getting into some real <laughs> multiverse discussion at that stage. Maybe this is some hardcore stuff. Like I've, you know, spoken right. to a multiverse version of myself. And we've we've talked over the various batting strategies across the you know fourth and fifth dimensions. Right. Uh, so there's there's your so as we move on to the next team here, you've got your very standard Joe teams of Hangzhou Spark and Guangzhou Charge. But the third Joe team I want to talk about is Chengdu Hunters, which Joe is funny enough, but not been super high on. And now you can talk about why. Oh, I, I, there's a lot to be excited about. Obviously, I've been a big proponent of the coaching staff for a long time. I think Ray's, you know, next to being genius level. Um, that goes without I, saying. I, th I think that's really sure. you'll, you can correct me. Correct me if I'm, if I'm mispronouncing oh, it. Go. Um, there was a guy called Ray in the team. There was a coach yes, called Ray in the team a long time ago. Flash Wolves. Now you got Rui, Creed, and Yoshi. Yes. So those are your coaches. Um, I think Nisha has definitely surprised me. Um, the, the flex supports have been standout. Um, it, it really comes down to, in my opinion, um, finding somebody that can be a consistent mid to long range hit scan, and that has always been Chengdu's kind of issues, right? Dang Xiaolong in season, I think two, what it, it had to have been, um, really never kind of fit the bill. 
Bacon Jack. I mean, God bless him. Um, Jinmu has his moments. They were, but I don't think that they would have done much else, to be completely honest with you. I mean, Bacon uh, Jack's meta was Tracer. He missed out on all the Tracer metas, and Young Shell missed out on the McCree meta. Like, that's his best hero. I mean, it, we can we can not wrong. Yeah, we can ha ha Young Shalong Sombra. I get it, but <laughs> his best era has been McCree, and McCree meta is right now, and he's not playing on the team. Unfortunately, he's just he missed the boat on that. Sadly, just RNG's kind of screwed him, as RNG also screwed Bacon Jack. Yeah. <laughs> True. Bacon Jack also missed out on the Reaper meta. That's like his second best hero. He didn't get to play that, so really unlucky. I, I don't disagree, um, but it, this the same kind of trend is plaguing the hunters now. Where it's like, is Jimmy and or you know now I guess it's you know Tara Cookie, um, somebody who's kind of been in contenders, been you know promising, but is he going to be the difference maker at the top level? I would say no. Um, it's it's not. I think there is a resounding name that I think could be. Uh, and it's surprising that they continue to dance around it. I I, I don't get it. Good. I it, I would say Dia fits in this team extremely well. Does this does this guy did he also like make tons of money from crypto or something, and therefore he doesn't I have to play don't anymore? Get or, it? Like I don't understand how this this guy has been passed up so much. I, like I kept hearing frequently, like he wasn't trials, wasn't like convincing. What does that matter if he's the best player in Chinese contenders? What if we're wrong and all the fans are wrong? And we don't actually know and he's overrated. I'm not saying he is, but like he's been passed I, up enough that surely. Yeah, I mean, at this I point, agree. like then then it's just the case that his fanboys will actually have the collective power to make mm -hmm. him bet better than whatever everyone else is currently picking up. Like the, yep. what is going on? Like the Okay, one player I think he could have been picked up over is Mike Haley, but that's a lot of 2020 Agreed. hindsight because Mike Haley ended up turning turning into a bit of a poo-poo player. But, you know, who knew at the time? Mike Haley um, preseason was looking pretty hot and now and the actual season, not so. Uh, more on the Guangzhou charge a little bit later, but for now, Chengdu Hunters, it's like Tarek. Okay, so the big news is uh, Tarek Cookie has joined the team as Kaneki is being dropped back to contenders. Um, this is like a sideways move for me. I didn't think Kaneki was no. going to be... Well, actually, I'd lie. I think Kaneki on the Tracer could have been good, but he never got to play that. Uh, he was like, he was the Reaper guy of the team for some reason, mm -hmm. even though I don't know, I don't know how teams decide who their Reaper guy is going to be. That's a weird one. Like, I mean, That's I'm scary. to me, and I, I am the most hardcore, like, you know, I think Reaper's just an easy hero. Let's be real. I think he, Reaper's a mega easy hero. In fact, um, if I get to play in the talent talent takedown, I plan to heavily abuse Reaper. Yeah, <laughs> let's uh, go. I will, I will roll face with Reaper because anyone can. Let's face it, anybody can. It's it's that easy. You press Q and you win. Um, and I'll teleport to the back lines, and no one will hear me. No one will see me because everyone will be too focused elsewhere. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know how teams decide who plays Reaper, but they decide Kaneki was their Reaper player. That's all the game time he got. And now he's back in contenders. They bring Tara Cookie in. And the biggest question fans are like asking is like, oh, is he good enough? What's he going to do? What's his hero pool? Is this gonna, guy going to be good? He's a hit scam, but he's just not. I don't see him getting playing time. Like, is he going to be better than Jimmy? You got two rookie hit scans here. Uh, I, I don't really see him playing over Jimmy or Jimmy. The play you need is a Pritter, but he's too yes. young. A Pritter would be like transformative. That's, like that's the pick. Bro would be so fucking good for Chengdu, but yes. a Pritter's not going to be old enough until the end of the year. So. 
Chung do get unlucky in that regard again. Maybe, yeah, you know, 2022 season, a pretty leave is going to be hot. Now, we asked the question about Dia. I think for a team like Chengdu, you'll, it's easier to just promote somebody from your academy team than get sure. Dia in. And it's just easier. Sure. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's just logistically, it's just simpler. Um, and Chengdu, like Hangzhou Spark, a team that have a plan for, I assume, have a plan for how they want to operate a 12-man roster. I still think a 12-man roster is just overkill. But if this is a team where, like, no, we want to keep 12 players in and we want to keep an academy team. Chengdu, by the way, I think, have overall right. between the team academy team, like, the most players of any team in the Overwatch League. Um, and so they they just got, you know, a lot of stuff going on with with players in terms of, I hope they know what they're doing because they, they got to be running a, a ton of internal scrims or something because this is just crazy how many players they have across both teams. They feel like the team... It, to be fair, without knowing anything, again, I'm speculating, but with how frequent they've they've kind of either side signed people to two ways or have interacted at this point with their academy team, I think they're doing it right. I think it, out of anybody, um, I think London a little bit less so, but I think London and Chengdu are doing extremely well running the franchise as you would a, a sports franchise, right? To bringing people up, demoting them, you know, moving pieces until you finally see them fit recruiting and you know investing in young players like a pretty like you mentioned somebody who has been phenomenal in chinese contenders i can't get kenobi off my dms taught you know hyping this kid up right like it's it's nuts the ceo is just you know flooding me with juice that's the type of player you want to sign early they have they're bringing him up they're bringing him in we've already talked about you know what does this team look like come 2022 when you have leave and a pretty hopefully like that's nuts that's exactly what you want to see that's what i want to see now and i think that they would be in that top four echelon if they had that. Unfortunately, we're stuck. <laughs> no shame to them. Um, with with Jinmu, who I think is a fantastic specialist, but not somebody who is going to consistently be, you know, that that second that shadow to leave that I think they're kind of desperately looking for. Yeah. Anything to add there? Yes, guys, going to talk about strength of schedule as well. No, sure. Like, I mean, in terms of. Let me figure this out real quick. Um, I, I think it's just like always going to be this way with this team, right? Like, I, I don't know if that's just a property of uh, of the staff. Like, you, you can't, like, I don't know. Like, when you have Dia there, right there, like, I don't know that you have excuses in not having s someone of the player profile that Joe describes, right? Like, no. um. So in that to regard, Everest point, it is hard to do, right? Like to bring somebody on that you already kind of have filled out for last year, like or the next year rather. Um, it, it, logistically, it's it's got to be a little bit difficult. Um, but in terms of mechanics, yeah, I, I have to side with you and saying like, look, like this kid has put up performances. Like, where is there not? Where is the translation missing? I don't get it. Yeah, for sure. The translation from practice to on stage environments. To be fair. Yeah, just talking about why DRs are signed. Yeah, effectively. Right. It just doesn't. It doesn't make a ton of sense, and I, I, I have mean, to when, trust the coaching staff. When contenders, when Gauntlet don't get signed, that's how it is, right? Um, <laughs> that being said, I mean his uh, his other teammate as well, Super Rich, is still in the ether somewhere. Yeah. Um, winning also well, coming close to winning contenders career. Um. So actual strength of schedule here as well in terms of what they are doing i see this team going 
this is to me like another Hangzhou Spark story where it's two and two team, right? They play Seoul, um, and then they play Guangzhou, which should be fairly winnable. Seoul could be 50-50 there, depending on what Seoul shows up. Um, and then beyond that, they go to the Shanghai homestand, which will be pretty pog, and then they play against Philadelphia, which, you know, is going to be a, 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 probably a tough game, and then Valiant, who they probably beat. So this is a team that, I mean, if I say two and two, I basically have them beating Guangzhou and Valiant and then losing to Philadelphia and Seoul. But realistically, they could also beat Philadelphia and Seoul, which means yes. they're somewhere between two, two and four, zero. Yes. Yeah. There's a world where Chengdu comes out, attacks the chaos early, you know, maybe toppling Seoul quickly. And then you get to play Valiant later in the week where, you know, maybe you've been figured out. Maybe what you're doing is, is you know, last week's news and now you have to kind of change like. There are realms where Chengdu does good this stage, but they haven't been consistent, you know, this season's enough to kind of warrant that, or at least warrant the kind of prediction, right? It's a tough call. I They're think they could be top four. I, I see them going 3-1. I'm, I'm starting to lean yeah. heavily if the earth was a 3-1, but it's to me, it's just like... So who do you move out? As a duo, I, I, just, I just have a little bit... I, this is... This is some hard coping, but I got I got some faith of soul, and this is where the warlock persona comes in. <laughs> Souls like, hello, Charles Warlock's here to talk now. Um, but I I get as much as I bait, I get hard baited by prophets as as a as a prominent DPS duo, and I just think they're gonna be too good. But then you got leave, and it's like, well, I mean, leave is also too good. Yeah. Um, that's oh, a tough game, man. Soul Chung is a tough one. one for me to call. So Avril, you kind of have who would your top four be? If, if looking at like the top four like uh, candidates, I don't think going below this. I feel like there's like a gatekeeper, right? Yeah. Um, top four at this point with Chengdu and you know added to the pool. Who would you take? Oh man, I I take Shanghai because it's easy. I sure. take Seoul because I'm a warlock, <laughs> and I take. Um, I like that I just land on Seoul like boom, real quick. Like anywhere to think twice about that one. Like, yeah, why wouldn't I take them? I uh, and then and then for some reason I'm like doubtful on Philly, Chengdu, and the rest. I uh, Hangzhou. I actually I'm actually Hangzhou. I don't know. I just I th I think they have. I uh, to me, uh -huh. this is going to come down to this one game's here. Hangzhou. Uh, do I think New York can upset Hangzhou? I think there's a big question. And I have, if, I, if I'm taking Seoul, then I have Seoul being Hangzhou anyway. And then Hangzhou also lose to Shanghai. Like, I, I don't know if this is like a 2-2 two, two oh, team or a 1-3 team. So I don't, okay. I don't take Hangzhou because I don't take Hangzhou. I guess that means I take Shanghai, Seoul, Chengdu, and either Philly or New York, probably Philly. Ooh, yeah, so, I am so excited to hear your takes on New York. I am, I am interested. You've... Caught my ear. I don't know. I just I'm getting some copium there as well. Maybe I got. You know, <laughs> I, I felt good about their win versus Hangzhou. You know, okay. All they had to do was put a leg out and trip over Hangzhou Spark to drop that said spaghetti. You know, <laughs> and I just keep tripping up other teams and drop that spaghetti all over the place. It did look um, good. Which is funny, and I don't want to get too deep into New York discussions before we actually move into them. Sure. Um, so, is there anything else on the table here for Chengdu? I think I'm pretty happy with where I have them. I think they're a team that can go 2-2 two, two, or 3-1. is probably like a really solid answer for them. Yeah. And, and I have them going to knockouts personally. Yeah. Would agree. Well, not with knockouts, cool. but general sentiment. So New York is the next team then. Let's get yes. into it straight away. Uh, I'll start on this one, I guess, since we're already you know getting yeah. into it. Um, I, I just feel like last stage was a bit of a... 
it's all, I mean, you could argue every stage has been rough for New York, but um, New York were not going to play well in the whole Lucio Moro stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we talked about, you brought up Matt Pauls earlier, Joe, sniper heavy maps, Guang Bong's a 1v1 Widow champion. Agreed, agreed. Does, that tra- does that translate into actual Widow performances? We'll see. I hope it does. I th- you know, for the longest time, I've been a bit of a Guangbong simp in that. I, I think this guy's got really good Wado chops in that. He, he can be coming in as the transformative Wado player in like a potential Wado meta, but I don't know if we're going to a Wado meta. Even if we have good Wado maps, yeah, it true. doesn't guarantee that Wado is like the hero you have to play here. So it's not like, you know, you definitely run him. Um, depending on how much Echo gets played, Feather's still there. But to me, Ivy Floor is their lineup again. Then we have okay. to talk about the rest of the team. And I think things start sliding down a little bit after that because then you got the Yakpong Bianca Friday kind of thing going on. And Jonak is still pretty good. He gets a Zen back, even though I think Annis has probably been his better hero this year anyway. So yep. getting Zen back, I don't know how important that's going to be. Um, I I see if New York getting back into more of like a dive heavy meta, you know, maybe Jonak on a Zen. I don't know. I don't know what you do about Yakpong Bianca at this stage. Um, I'm, I'm maybe little bit more what's the word i want to use here easy going on the criticism there just because i think if the team okay. struggles the more your team struggles the worse your main tank looks oh of course when right, your yeah, team yeah. struggles hard yakpong looks like a hard feeder when your team kind of sure is not playing well sure. uh, which is yeah. why silver three looks even worse and look i'm not saying that those tanks are good i'm not saying like yakpong's so fantastic even though i want to believe that i do want to believe he's good because he was so good in o2 blast right but you know, Oath of Blast is just a prodigal team, aren't they? So I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh maybe I'm hmm. maybe I'm overrating New York. Maybe, maybe, maybe Hangzhou don't beat New York and Hangzhou just get this easy rematch win. Um Well but- don't don't jump off, don't jump ship too quickly. Um let me throw this at you, right? <laughs> like I think I teased this a little bit last show, right? Like New York always seemed to kind of default to playing slow, no matter what players you plug into this like they find success when they play no slow matter comps. what era of new york you go no honest to god year of new york you play <laughs> Big, what did they beat what did they beat spark with they beat them with like double shield mccree rolling in having jonah kind of playing this like core to this team maybe they do a do a philly maybe they do like a little ryan may right like maybe that's where they can find success maybe they don't have to dive Maybe they play a little slow. Maybe they mm-hmm. maybe they're the ones to kind of set the meta. I don't I don't personally believe that that's the case. But if you were to kind of sell me, you know, you know, you you take the time machine back and you're trying to feed me a little bit of juice at the end of the summer shutdown. You tell me New York, you know, found the meta early, performed well, maybe made top four and lost in the play ins. I'm mad at it. Do you put Jack on? Does he play? Does he play BAP? BAP. Would have to, wouldn't it? That's yep. is that. Not, not it, it, it's not a hero. Heroes, but. It's not. But if that kind of, if if losing a little bit of that star power brings together the team and makes it more cohesive, I think that's a way that New York can kind of save the season. You know, do you know what New York need? They need a Genji meta because Ivy just wants to play Genji. You <laughs> just tell this guy wants to play Genji. He's like. Choice one or I yes. mean, this is like this, yes. this this guy could easily fit into the Guangzhou charge, no issues, you know, just put all the mm-hmm. Genji on the same team. Um yeah, I think that's the meta they would love to play, if anything. Uh I actually thought New York could have been really good in a Briggs in. I, I saw their Briggs in okay. early on. I thought this is reasonable. Like Briggs in double bubble could be a thing again, especially maps like Gibraltar. I think double bubbles that's been like the double bubble map. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, Zarya did get nerfed. We'll see. Um, Weird amounts of playtime, though. Yeah. Huh? A little bit of playtime there in Contenders. Bit. Yeah, it's uh, it could be on the menu. Bianca's, I don't see Bianca as a huge Zarya carry, though, is a bit of an issue there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm underestimating him. Who knows? But... Mm. I, I, I don't hate still... the optimism. I'll be honest. I don't yeah. hate it. I'd lo- I want to see this team perform. I guess who's going to take you? Yeah. I mean, what, okay, so are you guys trying to talk yourself into New York losing this match? Or what's going on here? Just l- let me know if you're like, is this bait? I'm, am I being baited again? <laughs> I mean, it is a little bit devil's advocate. No, I don't think New York's a top four team. I think they're going to, cons- you no, know, I, just I, I, perform poorly. But. We're trying to, at least what I'm doing, is building out a world where New York can find success. Looking at when they've been successful and trying to right. try to yeah. give them a bone, right? No, that's fine. I think it's... <laughs> what bones are available to give? Ex- yes, it's, it's slim pickings, 100%. I give you two bones here. Actually, it's not hard to give them some bones because they open okay. week is Guangzhou and Valiant, so there you go. Here's two free bones. Easy bones. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, that's Easy a lot of bones. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bones, but if you have four games per stage, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Look, if they don't beat, if they don't get a two-zero start here, that's just that's poor. Yes. Um, okay. So, uh, okay. Let me paint the picture. They they don't get a two-zero start. They lose to Guangzhou and then somehow end up upsetting oh. a team like Guangzhou or Philadelphia <laughs> at the end. And they play upsets. Play. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that I, I think they have a real chance of making uh making playoffs uh, or knockouts once again. Like not playoffs necessarily. Uh, I think there's a chance that 2-2 gets in again in, in APAC. Um, I think they will have good map records based on be, like playing Guangzhou and Valiant. I don't think there's there's really anything uh, where I go like, okay, this is something where yeah. saying that, like, yeah, it, I have a little bit of a gut feeling like maybe Guangzhou comes out with a new reevaluation of their situation, but then again, like, even on paper Guangzhou doesn't look good to me anymore. Like, all gentlemen's agreement, Genji. <laughs> Maybe they handshake Genji. Hopefully, like it'd be interesting. All the the bones you could throw them, like it's none. Like the back, but uh, the backline is jelly. Like they're just jellyfish. They have zero bones. I guess I'm not. No, I'm talking about uh, charge. Um, right, sure. Right. Then, like. <sighs> Krong, like, there's not going to be a Sigma, sigma uh, uh, over, like, you, you can play through the yeah, entire uh, uh, map pool. Rio is, like, out of the way. Like, we won't even realize he exists until, like, the season's hey. over. Hey. Um, Leave that boy alone. And then, <laughs> then it's, like, someone airlift J- Choice one over there. That's basically, Please. once again, the, the entire theme of this team. And I think it's very feasible that they go 6-0 in maps. And then they really only have to not lose hard to the other two teams, probably, to get in. And then I also don't think they necessarily always lose those. I think think it's actually more likely they go 3-1 this stage than 2-2. That that feels like a hot take. It would have to be one of them. Philadelphia to do that. Yeah, 100%. And I don't even think that, like, their week one games are going to be as clean as you expect. Like, this is a team that has this season... Don't need to be in order to upset either of those two teams. Agreed. That's that's the beauty of... uh, Agreed. Yeah. Uh, That's tough. 
If you go, yeah, if you go messy week one, come on. Who are they tripping over? Which team out of Philadelphia, Hangzhou, are going to drop their spaghetti here versus New York? Because you know we're going to be at the restaurant again. You know, Excelsior, they they're there dining with their two zero across it the would, table. It would be so like Philly. Yes, it would be. Doesn't, it would be so just, like Philly. Doesn't it just taste like a Philly cheesesteak right there? Yes, like directly next to the spaghetti. Like it looks so good when they're making it, and then they throw the cheese whiz on, and then you get it, and it's already like congealed and stale, and you're like, wow, this is. Hmm, I don't like it anymore. You know, you, like it looks what? good on wait, paper. Wait, but... why did you just make a Minecraft villager noise? Huh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just come out sometimes, okay? Leave me alone. Right. I have a hot prediction to make. That's got nothing to do with Overwatch League, actually. It's got everything to do with the My hot prediction, it's got something to do with Overwatch League. My hot okay. prediction is that one of Hangzhou versus New York or Philadelphia, New York is going to get the Dropstick Bigetti Award of the week. Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah. Highest yeah, probability. Yeah, yeah. Like, watch, what, watch NYXL win like three two against Valiant. You're like, oh my god, Jesus Christ, they're going to get bagged out, and then they just like three two Philly, like yeah. reverse sweep or something like that. I don't know. Oh, oh god, god, please, you're willing it into I'm, existence. I want to see the comedy of Hangzhou fans being disappointed by New York once more. Yeah, getting boomed by. New York twice in a row yep. would be too much. <laughs> it would yeah. be incredible. But that might um, just be their 3-1, right? Uh, I guess they're not beating Sh Shanghai again, but yeah. Yeah, no. But it could be the strategic loss you want, you know? <laughs> no bait? You want to get strategic losses to teams that are, like, like Valiant, because they, they can't challenge you mm -hmm. in the actual points. You don't want uh, to use get... Valiant to boom yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that are like higher the points that's dangerous for you yes but that's why I'm like, saying got strategically you also want your players to get out of the practice facility without people on the streets laughing at them so losing yeah, against the Valiant would be 9,000 IQ is if everyone loses the Valiant it's not a problem everyone <laughs> <laughs> has to pile on their losses versus the Valiant and then we're good to go what's, but, what's um, the meme with like the conspiracy board like every, everything just lines up just green for Avril here everybody just has to take a loss like a Valiant win all their matches now they go 8 and 8 oh, that could be enough <laughs> that could be enough can you imagine matches versus Valiant to, to make sure they go 1, 3 and 1 because oh you can't God. go 4 0 uh, are we are we good? Should we yeah. the Guangzhou charge? I think we all agree that New York are probably ah. Oh, I say they're probably a bottom four team, but then they could go three and one. They're a yes. button the team. They could go. Yes. Yes. Okay. Strength wise, they feel like a bottom four team, but strength the schedule wise, like their start of the their first week is an yeah. easy two zero. Mm -hmm. And once you've got an easy two zero in the bag, your chance of going three one only requires you to trip up one later. It's true. Yeah, they they we, we don't know what they did in those two weeks. They could have been on an ayahuasca retreat, oh, come back in light, you know, and finally unlock their potential. Because yeah, okay. you, you cannot tell me that that roster, like as it appears on paper, it's not clearly better than, for instance, Charge. Not, not probably equal to Spark. Like, okay. I, I want know. what you're smoking. Yes. <laughs> I, I want what you're smoking. No, no. Which, uh, instead of having four DPSs, they had one extra tank, one extra support somewhere. Yes. There. Main support. I don't know. An extra one would be nice, yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to be picky about it. <laughs> um, 
There you go. God's for your job. No, he's another DPS than he damn. That's unfortunate. Mm. Oh, imagine like, <laughs> if IDK actually became available. Oh. No, Hungjo Spark will never get away. That guy is like one of the key players for Spark. What is he? I guess he is. I'd I'm going to say he is. Yeah. He's, he's one of the last two like original Spark members on that team as well, next to Shrey. So yeah, it's just Gu Shrey yeah. in, in IDK yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God's be gone. Hungjo Charge. Charge. A team that have made... Uh, what changes have they made? They have been their entire coaching staff. They've picked up Sungwoo, who has been on the charge before previously. I think, what has Sungwoo been doing recently, though? He's He was on the charge, he left the charge, or whatever happened there, and then he's back on the charge now. Um, they have completely removed their coaching staff. There's rumors about them maybe getting merit to either complement their DPS lineup or replace probably Mike Ailey. Um, we commented on the fact that Godsby is available as well if they want to go in that direction. Um, Hangzhou, well, Guangzhou Charge, otherwise they look like a team that I'm obviously not pleased with their results and they want to make some changes there. And I was saying earlier as well, and here's the bones, I'll throw them. Um, the meta that they need is they need a heavy and a dive. Like, here, here you go. The perfect meta for them is Sigma Ball. You put Jihun Ball because he's a ball main, Kronglung mm -hmm. Sigma. Anna goes to Kareev, and boom, there's your Gondor charge meta. And then maybe you even play a choice in Genji or something, and one of them forces a Genji and it works. Like, that is the dream scenario for Gondor charge, but it requires a few stars to align. Has it? I mean, June's a little tough, right? I, I, I throw them a bone there, um, just because it was so kind of up in the air, like, strategically when it came to the meta. Um, but for me, this team doesn't seem like player issues like the the players themselves like they have good players to a degree um but they don't seem cohesive at all it seems like Choi, while he looks good is kind of off doing hero stuff sometimes support wise a lot of stuff gets thrown resources just thrown to the wind it's it's a mess cohesively and i think that comes down to the coaches yeah I mean, coaches and, I mean, don't particularly love the way this team has been built to get, set together. Yeah. Um, I think that there was a better, like, even if you think of the budget, uh, budgetary building structure and, um, you know, the, I think he's COO, sorry if I get the title wrong, uh, Eddie Meng was on That's about, um, like, the, the, uh, the charges, um, sorry, uh, season and how they upset them, themselves with their performance and whatnot. I think, I, I don't know, like, I don't want to, you know, tout that too much, but I'm not surprised by any of them. I think we pointed them out on a previous episode, um, even before the season. Um, I think, like, it, it will be really hard for this team to pull back. Simply because I think too many positions are just like not that good uh, in in, mm. in terms of the players. I think they have at least three positions they would need immediate replacements on, probably four, which is like uh, the backline. It's not great, but I guess you can make Kareev work somehow. Mandu is a mm. complete miss um, so far, anyway, and there, maybe there's reasons for that because, like, once again, like Mandu was one of the um, the like best goats backline support mm -hmm. support backliners uh at the time right so 
Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the the situation is very unlikely to improve this season for me. Agreed. Yeah. So charge, I think at best go two and two, which is unfortunate. The thing to say about the team. I uh, just look at strength of schedule here. We have some pretty rough games ahead. Uh, New York is probably beatable, but you know, even then, I I think we all had New York beating them there anyway, or at least I did. Um, you have Chengdu, which is the next most beatable game, and that's really tough as well. They got Seoul, which, you know, I don't have them beating Seoul. I, don't, I think that's going to be too rough for them. Philadelphia is going to be too rough for them as well. I think even if you're Guangzhou Charge in the restaurant, you pull out your leg to try and trip up the waiter, uh, they see the leg and they just sidestep or step over. Like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, fuck, you got a problem in the restaurant? Eat your damn food. Um, so no drop spaghetti. I don't see it happening. Mm -hmm. uh, you would need Kareev to play the best Anna he's ever played in his life, and even then, it's probably not. You would need Krong to play the best Sigma he's played in his life, and that's probably not going to be enough. So, yeah, Charge probably not going to make it. And I don't know. Not feeling great about Charge's hopes for the rest of the season. Even in their perfect metas, it's just like I don't know. Like there's other play, other teams that can do the same thing, and maybe even better than that. Mm. So, I. Uh, close up shop on the charge there for now in terms of discussions and we'll move over to the valiant and pretty much close up shop on that as well very quickly because can we are we all pretty much agree that unless you know the conspiracy theory i've laid out in which teams strategically throw to them because they want to dodge a four zero like they're not just they're just not going to win I, the schedule yeah. is Hangzhou, new york and then they go to the homestand they play shanghai and Chengdu. i they go yeah, on four I mean, probably yeah, it's yeah. four easy i don't think that's any they're they're at a different level and it's not a good it's not a good level. Dude, yeah. they're built diff. Oh, yes. they're built differently. <laughs> yeah, they're built diff. They're, built diff. they're, they're yeah, more like they're build built differently. Diff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know about this team. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. So, easy. So, we've saved a lot of time talking about Valiant, which is that we haven't really talked about them because there's not much to talk about. They are not going to ever make changes, and they are looking to go 115 this season at best. So, there it is. Uh, and the 115 they're going for. Do they play charge again? Maybe if they do, that's their 115. If, yep. if even that's one of the closest. So let's go to NA. We have about 30-ish minutes to talk about NA, which means uh, 2.5 minutes per team, guys. Put your Lightning around. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, okay, some of them will spend more time on. Some of them will spend less time on. And the the team. Well, we'll figure out which teams are going to be which. So let's go top down. Dallas first of all. Uh, I I had the extremely cold take of Dallas and Shanghai going to finals for some. Um, I back that up with, I think Dallas, uh, a, you know, and to, to prove the Dallas fans that I, I say nice things about Dallas, I think they're a great team. And I think with Pine on, they can finally have a flexible enough roster that they're not a one-trick team anymore. Uh, let's be honest, they were. And don't don't try and justify those saying, like, oh, but Will Sparkle can play yeah. a two-fist. Oh. No, you're playing the same composition. Oh. You've changed one here. It's still a one-trick team. Stop trying to lie to me. Um, now they can finally not be a one-trick team because you have pine coming in the only issue is if this becomes a heavy tracer meta and we talked about this last time i don't see sparkle being a top tier tracer but he will be he'll be serviceable, serviceable. is he going to be is he going to be good enough to compete if tracer becomes important enough and i i actually think the way rush handles his team rush the coach is that if tracer does become meta then you see classic dallas field 2021 where they just play anti-meta like off meta without the tracer or like a worse tracer and they make it work it's yeah. a lot of the same talking points that we've said all literally the last two stages is like you kind of know what to expect the big question is pine but that's almost a big wrench i think stylistically he fits with the team but it is a different team at that point it is a different style that's a different dallas fuel what does that look like that's the big question dude and if pine doesn't work then holy shit you <laughs> oh. 
at this yes and that's like their strengths of schedule if you look at it right like mm-hmm. they're playing mayhem they're playing atlanta they're playing houston they're playing toronto depending on what Not kind easy. of meta you, dude you like this is like i was close to going like this might be your era but you can absolutely catch a meta where you don't make finals here knockouts yeah. right um, I think it's likely. Especially for a team like Dallas. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like they need a hard force of meta that works for them and force everyone else to play around them. Otherwise it's it's rough. Yes. And it's there's also like as I explained, like they, the pine trap is real for me. Like there's absolutely a position where they're like, oh yeah, we finally have our hits can play with us here. I'm not sure if that's the case, by the way. Just speculating. Uh mm-hmm. and then he gets to the team and they s- suddenly use that special flavor or like the ability to play the comp that made them so successful. And then it all comes crashing down, you know? Because Pine doesn't mm-hmm. have the tracer that you'd require to play in that particular meta, and suddenly you're swimming, right? It's not... Like, their dynasty would have been built on the tiniest, like, sticks that you can imagine in, in that regard. Unless Pine comes back and it's just like, oh my god, my mental is renewed, and I somehow can play all these... Uh, this is, this is the make or break. Us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 100% the make or break, and it feels more like a break. To be honest, it, it's more likely to break. I'm, I'm happy to be wrong, but yep, mm. it, it would be another kind of stars aligned for them. It's crazy to me that um, you guys might think along the same lines, but I think Shanghai are like a super stable team that's on the up, and Dallas are like this kind of house of cards team. Like, yes. oh, they could just yeah. break apart. Like, this is kind of, you know, they like they like Dallas is somehow in borrowed time, uh, yeah. even though they've been super successful. Because this stage is rough for them as well. I mean, you talk about strength of schedule. Let's go over it real quick. Dallas don't play week one. They'll be coming in the second week. That's they play so good, against, by the way. It is a great thing uh, for them. Yeah, that definitely is going to help them out. you got Florida and Atlanta, two tough games, into Toronto and Houston, which you could argue at, you know, definitely either two tough games or at least one tough game. Houston. Yeah. That Houston game, by the way, is going to be a battle of a Texas match where they're in yeah. their live venues, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for their individual yep. teams. So <clears throat> I, I don't know. Houston could, could be a really good, we'll get to the, discussion later but yeah this is not an easy strength of schedule guys this is a pretty tough stage yeah yeah and thing is like you thought that before as well right like i feel like i'm activating the same pattern in my mind that <laughs> yep. went like oh yeah dallas and nine dallas and ninth in the preseason which is the same one that said oh yeah they're not going to make a may melee which is the same one it's they're not going to make it far in my melee because they're so restricted. And somehow it just works, and that part of my broken brain will not stop firing, right? At the same time, it also doesn't seem to malfunction that badly because it doesn't make much sense that they were so successful so far, mm-hmm. right? Just probabilistically doesn't, so, well, yeah. They're, they're the ultimate square peg in a round hole team, except the difference here is that Rush is a sledgehammer and he just smacks that bad yeah. boy in. Like, he forces that thing to work yeah. no matter what. He's like, I will... I This square peg is going in that round, yeah. round hole yeah. whether people like it or not. Yeah, 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 for sure. True, true. So, maybe my cold take is actually a hot take that Dallas will end up in the finals again. I just, I just for maybe, some yeah. reason, I'm just... I'm just res- Resigned to the fact that no matter what happens, just Dallas happens, will be right? there. Like it's just you know, death yeah. and taxes. Dallas will be there. Like oh. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> disagree. Yeah, I, I don't particularly understand how that's just in the like. We must be one of those fringe multiverses where that happened. By the way, like, well, like oh yeah, Dallas warlocks mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> like there's there's the probably eighty percent of all the other multiverses. There's like 
I don't know, like one tiny thing at the quark level difference, and it's just like, okay, that, yeah, that breaks breaks everything down, and suddenly, like, we're playing, I don't know, like something else was banned, and suddenly it's no longer mm -hmm. possible. Like, may maybe uh, Trace isn't banned or something, and, yeah, like, June Joust doesn't happen the way it did. Yeah, the amount of, like, I don't even know if you call it Dallas Copium, but it's like, to the point where I'm like, dude, even if Tracer is hard meta, I'm like, yeah, Dallas will still make it with Sparkle and Tracer. Like, even I'm even justifying that somehow. It's just, again, I'm just resigned to them somehow winning, even when they shouldn't be. Uh, but I, I think this is a top six team. I think it'd be kind of crazy that Dallas wouldn't be top six. Sure. Top six, again, meaning that they make the regional knockout yes. for NA. So I think we can all agree, top six team, no matter what. And by the way, Dallas have actually made knockouts and succeed before which is similar to shanghai making fourth seed it's just like you know it sucks yeah. to be any team that's just like oh yeah succeed that'll be an easy game oh it's dallas yeah hold mm -hmm. up so yeah um let's move on then so was that two and a half minutes it's probably more time than two and a half minutes so we're already over limit um san francisco the agape is gone i don't know if i said that name right that's the uh mm -hmm. former assistant coach now of the san francisco shocks they downsizing their you know coaching staff to just crusty and Casaurus now i believe and they are a team that really somewhat like is it fair to say they struggled last stage i guess not because actually last stage they did quite well but then they kind of maybe someone hung to a spark just tripped over and dropped some spaghetti at the last you know on the last hurdle yeah this is a team that you don't really want to see them downsize on coaching. If anything, again, it doesn't seem like it's mechanical. It doesn't seem like it's player focused. It, it really comes down to like macro and cohesion. Um, a lot of people doing a lot of you know different things. A lot of people looking a lot of different ways. You look at June. You review some of their vods. Not a ton of you know accurate target calling. A lot of just you know strange objective pressure and then leaping off the point to do other things. It didn't seem like they had like a good, you know, understanding of what they wanted to do. And if they did, it didn't necessarily translate. Um, if anything, I'd love to see this coaching staff be built out a little bit more. That said, they went four zero. By the way, they lost one game. So really, what we're coming down yeah. to is, is like the one they got o three, and that sucks. But otherwise, they went four zero. Mm -hmm. So this is this is one of those spaghetti dropper teams where you yeah. have to like you know. What's going on? They got they got given the short straw of Atlanta coming in real hot right at the end, and Atlanta just like at this point they didn't even just put out a leg. At this point, I think Atlanta just straight tackled them in the restaurant and be like, oh. "Damn, you can take them down!" Like Atlanta came in hot, hundred percent. I yeah, think in a similar way, similar way to the New York Spark, where it was just like that weird meta bubble where Arissa comes in and you know it falls right into Atlanta's lap. That's exactly what they like playing. It's what they've historically been good on. And you can, you know, you're the team to kind of beat the shock all the time, right? So it, so it kind this, of was faded. What does this mean about shock now? Because forget I about mean, the 0-3 versus Atlanta. It's a 4-0 team in the June Joust. Can we have high expectations for them in Summer Showdown or what? Because it's, it's... I it's proceed like with caution. If it, was, if it wasn't for that one loss, we'd be having a very different discussion. Sure. 100%. I think it comes down to form for me. Um, this is not the same dominant team. Uh, I, I really don't know how well they would compete. It, it's going to depend. I think May, they had a lot of questions being asked. June definitely looked better, but even then, still kind of rough around the edges. If Shock is going to make a playoff run, you're going to see them kind of have a resounding success this stage. So if there you know, is a way to Shock 
making another title defense, making another playoff run, you're going to see them look different. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's a violet on DPS again, but this is going to be a different team. Different in a very, very good way. It might be weird, but something has to come online and I, my, my bones are. They beat Dallas 3-1, by the way, and they also beat Vancouver 3-0. So these are big, these are some big wins. (laughs) I, I I need to see Glister come online, to be honest. Like that's, that's the one player that I'm like, it has to, it has to click or you're going to be in a world of hurt. No, for sure. And, but at the same time, I feel like gut feeling tells me they are the most second most likely team to make knockouts this, this, at this point. Sorry, to make Hawaii. Oh, okay. That's the, I was going to say, like, you only have to be top six to make yeah, knockouts. Yeah, yeah. No, to I make think Hawaii. Shaka, easy a top six team. Yeah, yeah. But to make Hawaii, now that's a different discussion because they haven't made Hawaii one time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I, I, don't I don't think is the likely outcome based on their ability to play. They're still seven and one. They still have beaten some big teams. They just yeah. don't do it when it counts, right? Like, yep. I'm, I'm gonna make a pred. My pred okay. for San Francisco is that they will make. They will get like a. Let's go over their uh, schedule first. They have Glads into London, into Paris, into Houston, uh, and they play like two weeks back to back. You know, they, they just smash out all four games and they get a bit of a break, which actually might help them because where they have struggled is in the knockout games, not in the regular season games, True. in my opinion. Um, so True. they need a bit of time. To, and maybe that's good for them. Maybe that's like, yeah, yeah, we've got a little bit of extra time to work out the knockout, whatever that is. Um, but my prit is that like, you know, if depending on the matchup they get in the knockout, like if they if they meet another team on the heater or they get an unlucky matchup versus Dallas or something, that's their Hawaii run ended again. I think there's a reasonable amount of RNG going to knockouts, depending on which side of the bracket you end on and who you have to play. Mm. Um, which, again, you know, just my my suggestion for the league is to make it so that, you know, a high seed and knockouts get to pick opponents and et cetera. That, that kind of makes mm-hmm. it a little bit more strategic and a little bit more beneficial for high seed teams. Otherwise, you're seed one going up against seed six Dallas. You're like, how's this fair? Um, just saying, that's happened. So, yeah, based on strength of schedule, I mean, we'll talk about Gladiator in a second. The, 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 the drinking game for this podcast is how many times does Avril say we'll talk about this in a second. Um, <laughs> and Gladiators are a team where, you know, dive could be good for them. I don't want to get too deep in the Gladiators. Focus on San Francisco here. They'd probably beat London. Uh, they'd probably beat Paris. And then Houston could be a tough game. But I think, I think shot go minimum. I think they go 3-1 here. I think this is a 3 1, uh, maybe Houston or Dal- uh, Gladius take a game, but realistically it's 3 1 or 4 0. If they've learned their lesson, they're definitely going 3 1 because you, know, you don't want to go 4 0 again. Um, so I think regular season is fine for these guys. My biggest question mark is what happens in the, in the knockout. Yeah. And if they make one, I'm, I am scared for this team. Like I said, if they're going to come out and they're going to perform and they're going to you know, defend the title for the third time, it's going to be different. I have a gut feeling that that Paris shot game is not going the way you expect it to. Really? I don't know why. I'm, oh it's God. screaming at me. I, I'm scared of that game. Mm, nah. I am terrified. Really? Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good I time. don't... <sighs> nah. We'll get to that discussion at Paris. I gotta warn you guys, we, we've got 20 minutes left, and yes. we've gone through two games. Two I agree. Teams. So we've got two minutes left for team here. <laughs> which is like one comment each now houston uh could they be on the bounce back i say bounce back how do they do previously houston have been pretty again good. Oh, yeah, they went 3-1 yeah houston went yeah. 3-1 yeah 
Um, who did they lose to again? I'm trying to remember. Houston lost to Atlanta, but Atlanta were having a good stage. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think uh, Houston uh, flexible. You know, they can play a lot of stuff. The lineups. I'm still trying to figure out what they're doing with Dreamer and, and Jangu, and maybe if they go back to Ryan stuff, that'll be strong for them. Just put Jangu back on Ryan, play a Ryan meta again. That could be a strong Houston um, situation. Looking at their strength schedule as well, you are going to have Houston starting in week two, um, and they have San Francisco, which we kind of touched on. That's going to be in, in a tough opening, but then they get Vancouver, which they should beat, and then they have Boston, which they should beat, and Dallas, which could be tough again. So this team... Could go two and two. I see them go two to minimum, but if they upset, well, I don't know, you could all call it upset, but if they beat either Dallas or San Francisco, that's a 3 1. Agreed. I think there's a lot of positives to this meta if we're kind of projecting it right. I think happy on McCree and or Widows, an absolute all star. Yeah. Um, I'm a little hesitant with the main tank situation. And again, this, this is another one of those teams that feels like you look at their record and it should be a good team, but when it matters the most, it's a different team. They've 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 found the consistency, but they have yet to find a peak that necessarily fits them. I thought it was in May. It wasn't. And now here we are. They're seven and one. They look really good, but. Nothing really to show for it, to be honest. Yeah. Sounds like we're talking about shock again. Yeah, it, it's it's a it feels like a similar team. And that's that credit to Houston, that. to be fair. Yeah, it feels like they, their score is a little bit better than it. F- they feel like, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Like I don't, I 100%. think like if they were like a five three team, they don't, they don't feel seven one. No, they feel yeah. like five and three, six and yeah. two, if six yeah. and yeah, three, yeah, something like that. That's Whatever. because of those knockout game losses. Yeah. Once yes. you factor in the knockout game losses, like oh, they've lost a lot, haven't they? And Which then is you realize, just mm-hmm. Dallas oh, twice, you know. Like maybe yep. maybe that's not <laughs> right. Like it's also Dallas tries in impressive like stomp fashion. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe that's tainting the judgment a little bit. Maybe they're better than that. Definitely. It's just like, also, like, it doesn't feel like they're really stomping people, you know, with no. as seven and one teams would tend to do. They show me some good stuff. I'm going to be honest. I think Houston has a better shot than Shock does this stage. I have a. I, I'm confident. Or what? Um, a, a number of things. I think schedule definitely plays into it. I think Shock well, still you, has a. You have power speeding Shock, so I guess it. You know, sure, yes, that's true. Um, I think Shock has a lot more questions to to answer, and I think this is going to be a meta that sits in the Houston wheelhouse a little bit more. Um, if I had to put percentages on it, yeah, I would say that Houston has a better shot than Shock. Yeah, as long as they don't draw Dallas again, because that seems to be the kryptonite. Based on schedule, I agree. Uh, well, do I agree? Because I I don't know. You're pretty high on Paris versus Shock there, and otherwise Shock have like. You know, they have a Paris and a London game, which you'd expect them to win. So I think they have pretty equal strength of schedules, if not even slightly better on the Shock side, depending on where you go. Like, I mean, you got a Houston versus Shock game, Joe. So the other yeah. some questions could, will be answered right away. Could they theoretically play back to back Dallas uh, against Dallas? Because they have like the last match against Dallas, and then you have like knockout stage games, and then they could, could play them again. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, you'd have a week in between, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a way that. They get Dallas no, again. You don't, right? I uh, oh, well, I guess yeah, no, from week thirteen. Where, no. where the standings are and how the seeds fall. Mm-hmm. Wait, let me because the team that I was you know, I was talking about the seed one team versus seed six team earlier. Technically it's seed two versus seed six, yeah, but the gist is possible. Houston went four zero and then lost to Dallas in the knockouts in May Melee. Yeah. And so like, you know, yeah. it would depend on the seed. Yeah. Um 
can get pretty wild. So I think, uh, you know, maybe we're a little bit undecided on Houston. Mm-hmm. Like Shock, it's kind of like a probably make knockouts, but we don't know if they'll make the actual, uh, you know, Hawaii trip or not. Because right. yeah. that's where they've, both teams have kind of fallen over. So I think that's where we land. Um, how much time we got? 15, 16 minutes to go over. We're cleaning through. Teams. We're going. Resuming. Fast on Gladiators. Let's one comment each on Gladiators. So Gladiators uh, coming in. Where's the strength schedule here? They got Paris. They have Shock, and then they have uh, Toronto, and then they have Washington. So um, Gladiators look, seem to be on the up as well. Really good stage. Previously for Gladiators, we're looking towards June Joust. Uh, another four-zero team that fell by the wayside. The Gladiators end up losing to who again? Dallas. Yeah, unlucky on the draw. Sad, sad for them. They get Dallas. So what can you do? Uh, but otherwise, Gladiators are looking pretty good. I mean, you could make the argument that if Gladiators didn't draw shock, maybe they could have made it through. Could they have beaten Atlanta? Who knows? But I would say they would have had a better matchup versus Atlanta than Fuel. So it's not impossible that Gladiators could have made the June Joust. I think to me, Gladiators on the up. Do I think the strength schedule is going to give them the opportunity to get there? Um, they might actually beat the shock in that opening game. Who not, like that's a pretty winnable game. I think Paris is more than a winnable game. He, oh, I think Joe might have too. something else to say about that. Um, and beyond that, I mean, Toronto and Washington can both be interesting and rough. I don't think Gladiators have the easiest schedule, but, you know, they already had an easy schedule. You could also argue that Gladiators' June Jail schedule is way too easy, and that's kind of what gave them a leg up as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think June for Gladiators, I think, was their easiest strength of schedule, and the fact that it was in a hero pool definitely played into their uh, spaghetti waiter uh tendencies their 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 attribute to kind of fall over uh it's another expectation not meeting reality for me um this is a team that i think should be one of the best teams in the world and it is not nowhere close um i i do think they're performing well in the regular season but again it's another one of those teams that i think are tainted by the play-in losses and they're just not competitive just simply not at that level and it's, it's sad to see and I don't see it fixing itself, to be honest. As much as the Scrimbucks may say. Yeah, I mean, on paper, like, they could go 4-0. I think 3-1 is more realistic. I don't think, like, you, you expect them to beat both Shock and Justice. Which is, like, Justice is also an interesting team, I guess we can yeah. go back next to. But, like, I don't know, like, it's so hard to evaluate where Gladiators are with their team at this point. Um. I don't, yeah, it's tough. It's it, they like are they shocked here? No, we're glad. Why not? Because they haven't shown anything. Wait, what about shock? I yeah, to be honest, yeah, I don't know where shock sits. To be fair, shock beat Dallas, so that makes me feel better about shock. Right? Yeah, right. it feels they feel like a dice roll at this point. Um, and Gladiators feels more like a dice roll. I think sense. that That's game funny. is really like instrumental to us deciding yes. how good Gladiators Which is. Game? Like that uh, shock against Glad Glad shock. Like that right, one. Right, right. A, it's going to be a banger. Pretty sure it's it is. Agreed. Agreed. Um, it might also Looking just be to. like super random because like nobody has played before. Like this is literally the opener, right? Nice. But, yeah. Kifster's in LA. Low ping Kifster. That Come should on. help a lot. To be completely I'll honest. Sell you. Can I sell you on some glass stonks with a low, low pink hipster? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. This is really hard. It's also like the two-week break makes a big difference in how you should evaluate these teams, right? Then the meta comes in, the, the switch, you don't know how to patch 
runs into that. There's so much volatility. Like, hopefully, it's just like both teams just be coming out full full swing and we get like a really cool serious, but hard to say, yeah. Yeah, that, that first match will be super important, like you said. I One funny thing I just realized is that Dallas, for being the number one team in West, have actually not a very good regular season oh. stat. They're 5-3 regular yeah. season. Like, what? <laughs> it doesn't even sound yeah. like it's, that's correct. It's like, excuse me? What's going yeah, yeah. on there? How are they 5-3? Anyway, so Gladiators, I think we're it's, a very hard-to-read team. A little bit undecided here. Um, I think we're all kind of fence-sitters on Gladiators a little bit here, but maybe that's for the best as we'll... It's so tough. That first match could actually just go either way. So who knows? The, the wind will decide which side of the fence we fall over uh, and whose uh, who's backyard we end up in. Um, Washington-Atlanta, now also in the interest of time, but we don't actually see these two teams for the first week anyway. Yeah. Um, sure. I don't have... These are another two teams, like Washington. Who knows? Does K, what, what meta we end up in? Can mm -hmm. uh, K carry in that meta, etc.? Um, Atlanta as well. I would say that, you know... We've seen some really powerful stuff from the DPSs. Are we going back to Ryan Meta? What does Gator play now? The Rishas could still be there. Um, and, you know, I'm sorry to the fans, but uh, we'll, we'll maybe get into more, like, actual Washington-Atlanta discussion in the next week when, you know, when we preview their opening matches coming up because they don't play in the first week. Maybe we'll just go over them for now in the interest of time. So we got about 10 minutes to cover Toronto, Boston, Paris, London, and Vancouver. Let's go Toronto first of all. And Toronto have a schedule that looks like, what, Vancouver, Florida, into a Dallas and Glad's game. So, actually pretty tough. Outside of the Vancouver game, that's mm -hmm. actually a pretty tough schedule. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not easy. I mean, Vancouver is a gimme. I get that. Uh, past that point, eh. I don't feel strongly either way. I think there are compositions that this team can like can thrive on, um, but I do not feel a consistent like Hawaii threat from this team. Um, and it sucks to say because there's a lot of good players. I haven't felt team, that but... about them for the whole year. I yeah. don't. Think, I don't think they're a Hawaii team. No. They're, they're kind of milk out, toast. They're fine. Um, I mean, I don't. I can't even like think of. Like the best meta for them, like Kisu Sombra meta. Sombra, yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. Sombra Winston. Like if like if Lucio Moira Sombra Winston, uh, I don't know Reaper is good, then I can see Toronto maybe finding an upset here or there. But can they consistently beat the region that has been dominated by the comp this composition the entire what feels like the entire season? I, I just don't see it. They lose base, but they weren't really using him anyway. So. No, God bless him. Like, not. I didn't see a world where he was really had a well, so had a role. Ball player. I think he was meant to be the ball player. I don't know. That just never really ended up happening. Yeah, sorry. Uh, any quick thoughts on Toronto from you, I think Joe and I pretty agree that this is just not looking like a Hawaii team currently. It's so weird how and a team just, their strength, their schedule is looking one and three for the result anyway. Yeah, it's so weird how a team that has so much. Philly in them is at the of last season is at the same time so mediocre at the moment, right? Um, sure, like maybe you can argue that especially like the back line is definitely not the La Mastro, uh, which sure makes a big difference maker, of course. But um, yeah, I don't have high hopes for them. I think they they could have gotten more lucky with the meta than they did um, in the first half, like. Uh 
But yeah, I don't know. What about Aspire? Is he staying on? Do we know? Can Aspire so. be the X Factor on this team? Maybe. I'm not sure. Something you want to bet on? I don't think Aspire can save them from this schedule. Yep. But that's kind of where I sit with it. No. Maybe it's an interesting term, point, but maybe long term, Aspire could be their guy. Who knows? Right. That's like the shining beacon of hope for Toronto right now. Is like Aspire mm. carry, please Aspire carry. <laughs> Um, so maybe they get into like a really, you know, some sort of cool hit scan meta where a spy just goes nuts. Um, and you know, but, uh, isn't, is wasn't he just filling for Hisu? Isn't Hisu back now? Or something was like, it yeah, Logics? I, I thought it was both. Maybe. I've, he was filling uh, for both Hisu and Logics and now, now do they keep, he's on loan. Do they keep him on? Do they not keep him on? He's been so good that it's just like, I think all the fans, I think all the Toronto fans would be like, you got to keep him on. And Toronto's now as a, as an org's like, oh, I don't know, can we keep him on or not? Like, you know, if they don't keep him on, I think their chances of the season kind of dip a bit. But mm. yeah, well, let's just say Toronto probably not making it to Hawaii nope, this stage. Nope. And depending on their roster situation moving forward, uh, I'll leave the door open. Let's go to Boston, who a team that I got to say I kind of you know felt like they were on the rise. Maybe that's just a feeling I had. It's just like maybe I got some Boston copium, but um, Boston. What did they do? They went two and two previously. They lost to Toronto and Washington in pretty rough fashion that opening week at June Joust. Um, mm. And then, uh, no, sorry, they beat no, them they beat all them, the way yeah. around. They yep. beat them 3-0, so they beat them really convincingly. I've, I had it confused with the, 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 the next games they played, which yeah. is then, you know, the losing to Paris 3-2 and two, then Gladiators 3-1 versus them. And now when we look into uh, their schedule, they have a potential freebie versus Vancouver. To start things out with into a florida game which could be pretty tough into a atlanta and houston game which will be pretty tough so another team that is maybe in a similar area as toronto that have a tough schedule going into this uh, stage this is another team that feels like it's on the button where you know the the summer you know whatever happens in the summer could benefit them call it a curse call it a blessing um I think May for them was a weird meta read and kind of a dip in performance. Uh, when Yisko is talking about a team to kind of like grind and like figure out what works, especially really early on, I immediately went to Boston. Um, hearing things, especially in the preseason, it felt like their work ethic was like bar none. And I suspect that they've been practicing early. So I will give, you know, some bones to Boston. There's a potential that they can make maybe play ins, but not too much further. Okay. Um, we will fly through the next three teams. I'm going to say fly through. I mean, like, probably give a little bit more to Paris because I think Joe's got something to add there in terms of um, backing them, especially versus San Francisco. And then we'll yeah. probably lop London and Vancouver together in the, you know, are we going to see a win the stage because they're both 0 and 8. So start with Paris. Joe, open us up with Paris versus Shock because you had that one on that lineup. I think this backline is mega underrated. I think a lot of team, a lot of people want to say that they're good, but I'm willing to put you know the the, the meat on the bones and say that they're actually great. Uh, probably the best, you know, Western backline and competing for the world kind of class uh, echelon. I think they're hungry. I think San Francisco in some areas have fallen prey to looking past their teams, uh, you know, past easier teams in the past. And I think, you know, again, the summer is usually when we see the most like drastic upsets. And I see this as being a big potential just bracket breaker where Paris comes out, sneaks out a win. 
I, I really like them. I like Onigata and McCree. Mm-hmm. I like a lot I, of that backline. There's there's a lot of juice there that I'm I'm seeing. Granted, I think this is more San Francisco playing below their level, kind of looking past them. But I think Paris is being slapped on quite a bit. Would this would this require shock to drop spaghetti or no? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. This is this is a this is a leg out waiter down. <laughs> be a, this would be I think two legs. You got to start lying down. You got to full stretch back and both yes. legs out. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Backline looks good. Their win versus Washington, I think, has been one of the more impressive games. Especially the th- it was a 3-0 in five maps. You could argue Washington actually made it pretty close. Um, Jessica, any, any, anything add here before we round out the last two? Um, not really. I, I'm not even sure if Paris against London is a decided match. Mm-hmm. I think Sparker that makes that. Is it Sparker? I don't know, but I think Sparker. the dynamic is different. I don't know. Like, Possibly. I'm not sure I if mean, they, Paris is up because of their recent like upswing or if it's just a good meta that they hit. Um, and even possible. asking their coaches, it wasn't a definitive answer that they... Uh, sure. Like, it was sort of both that, that was communicated. I mean, London has a lot of pieces coming in. I mean, they have Sparker. I think Spilo's coming in as assistant, right? There's probably some yeah. some help there, maybe a revitalization. Like, there is room for London to kind of succeed, but it, do you think that that's enough, though? So, yeah, it, it, it might stu- be enough to destabilize that series. Yes, I think we have to remember Paris also did still lose to you know uh, Toronto and kind of barely got over Boston, which is which good as if you want to be a middle table team, that's great. And they lose to Gladiators, which is probably expected. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then then you, we were talking about London a little bit. Can I'm going to draw it down to one very basic question? London and Vancouver, do they win a match the stage or not? I think Yiska, you're kind of in the boat where they do. Is that correct? Mm. They being London specifically. London, maybe, yeah. I think London might. And Joe? Uh, yeah, if anybody's going to, it's definitely London. I think bringing in new coaches, new morale, definitely could do a lot. Sparker's definitely a player that I've wanted to see. So, yeah, I'd mm. say London. Okay, so uh, London versus Paris going to be a definitive game, and then we'll see what happens after that. Vancouver, you know, basically, I think all our preds have gone pretty poorly for Vancouver here. I'm looking all, across all their games. You'd say that Vancouver's probably the only winnable game. Looks like maybe Paris because everything else is pretty rough for them. Uh, they're playing okay, easily mid table teams, if not higher. So mm-hmm. Vancouver probably, unfortunately, 012. Maybe London with their with Spark coming in and Spiller coming in could be enough. And unfortunately, we're not going to get too much deeper than that. We are going to close out the show in i think just enough time for yiska to run off so if you've uh yep. stayed up until here thank you so much and um we're a little bit of apologies for not getting into all the teams but we're going to cover a lot more when we actually get into the stage itself see what happens in the first week do a bit of recap on that and then see what happens in that second week is when we start previewing some of those second week matches especially for teams like atlanta washington which we didn't really get a chance to talk about today but that is going to be episode 180 in the books and that is the summer showdown preview i hope you enjoyed that one and we'll see you next week for the actual summer showdown matches thanks bye